Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Random Town Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Hoover. And this episode... Okay, okay, Baxter. Let me explain something. Sometimes we have really good episode titles. Sometimes the pun fits the game we're talking about, and we're like, great, perfect, yeah. But then sometimes we have to stretch a pun so much that we strain ourselves from all the stretching. And this is one of those times. Today's episode is called Nintendo on Blast for three reasons. One... We're talking about games where you shoot stuff, namely Duck Hunt for Wii U, and revisiting what's now a six six year old Metroid Other M. A toddler. What? Barely a toddler. Oh, barely a toddler. No, no, it's, no. Kid. That's more than a toddler. That's a first grader. You're right. You should know. You teach in elementary school. No, but yeah, no. so revisiting. They look so young. They're basically still we're, like toddlers. Sure. Technically, no, but <laughs> in child development circles, that's not how it works. But okay. Uh, yeah. So revisiting two games where you shoot stuff on blast. See, we're also. We're also going to be talking about a rhythm game, and you blast music. That's the weakest link. And the kind of better link of the three is we're going to be talking a lot about Nintendo news, of course, including putting Nintendo on blast for a few things they're doing wrong, as well as talking about some of the things they're doing right. That includes um, new information from Miyamoto, courtesy of an interview with Smosh. That includes discussion of the 3DS Ambassador program over in Europe, the new 3DS uh, program. That includes Majora's Mask Limited Edition. That includes more crazy frenzies around Nintendo products that you just can't get. And that includes discussing the future and some rumors of what Nintendo's going to do with their next system. So, it's a lot of stuff. So we should probably jump in with um, the positive and work our way to the blasting, which would be Miyamoto on popping up on the Smosh Guys channel. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay. So, <laughs> oh, and of course, if there's anything specific you want to listen to that I mentioned or didn't mention, there's a whole list at roundtown.com. There are timestamps on this episode, which once again is at 88, Nintendo on Blast, so go listen to... Wait, you are listening. Go read those if you need them and skip around if you need to. Or just go for the whole ride. So Miyamoto, he was on Smosh uh, as part of his LA YouTube tour that he did. We talked about two of his other interviews last episode, uh, Nerdy Nummies and I Justine, where they primarily were talking about games that we know are coming out, ones that Nintendo wants to hype. Basically, Miyamoto became a marketing tool for the sake of these interviews, So more so than he usually is. So there was that. But then with Smosh, you did something a little different, where somehow they managed, the Smosh guys managed to pry out information on unannounced games. Nothing crazy, but some interesting tidbits that we'll discuss, along, of course, with some details on stuff we already know is coming. So just to leave the suspense in the air a bit lo- hanging in the air a bit longer of what unannounced stuff we talked about, let's start with what we do know, which is Star Fox for Wii U. Miyamo touched on it a bit, and what, uh, what I found kind of interesting is we had a whole conversation last time about Miyamo making this comment that it's gonna be like a. There's gonna be the Cinemax on the TV, and then like a Cinemax view on the TV and a first-person view on the gamepad. So it's two views of the same thing, or whatever. Now to Smosh, they he made a different point. He elaborated and said it's gonna be actual Cinemax on the TV while you're playing on the gamepad. So those games are just like, oh, you can look around while you, while the Cinemax unfolding. It's that, but like probably on steroids. Like, which actually, to me, sounds way cooler and way more so, thought, thought out than just two screens, one I mean, view. just based on, like, what you said, it kind of sounds like... I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure it won't be like this, because yeah. it'll actually be playable, maybe. Um, like, when you're playing Mario Kart with less than four people, yeah, you have one camera on the bottom right, usually, that's just, like... Just doing dramatic swoops. Yeah, so it's like, does that mean, like, the TV is pretty much just that the whole time? So well, someone's that's... watching you play Star Fox, it's like, whoa, it's like I'm watching... 
the scene from Star Wars, and then the actual game is on the gamepad. See, that's why I originally thought, based on the other interviews, and we talked about it last episode, when I was like, can't they just have Star Fox be Star Fox and not do all these elaborate, like, let's do crazy control schemes, and let's have the TV show one. Originally, it sounded like it was literally two views of the same thing, with the logic being like, oh, you'll see Slippy behind you on the TV needs help, so on the gamepad, you spin around in first person and help him, or like something like that. But then, at least how Bill Train translated this time, he basically said that Miyamoto said... Oh, there will be cinematics unfolding on the TV, and then you are doing stuff on the gamepad. Like, you could be, for example, usually you're locked into cinematic, but you could be doing it, you could be off somewhere else as the cinematic's happening, is kind of the idea, how I interpreted what they were saying. It kind of sounds like, um... Which could be extremely cool. I mean, this is like a way smaller version that I guess you could take as an example. Yeah. Um, it's Graham Kitty, the TV... And his buddy on rails. Yeah, that one. Um... That sounded really angry for some reason. Um... (laughs) Anyway, so that game, for the TV, kind of shows a mirrored view of what's on the gamepad, mm-hmm. except not really, because it is. Is that like th- a breaking news thing? Yeah, sort of. There's like a ticker on the bottom, and then whenever you unlock a new cat to rescue, the TV kind of like 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 a little cinematic like goes through the cat until you're like, oh, go and get him. Right. But on the gamepad, you can still see your character at all times, but you can still kind of use the TV to figure out where they are. Right. So, so uh, you don't even know if it's going to be like that. Like, what I'm imagining, like, which is probably nothing like what... Like, like, like I'm picturing, like, oh, you're just flying in third-person mode, and not know where, like, the camera would just soup over there to, like, something else that's going on. That, but you still have full control of your plane, like, on the gamepad. Realistically, mm-hmm. that's probably what it's going to be. But I had this crazy pipe dream when I was, like, watching the interview. just kind of popped in my head. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's this, but knowing Nintendo, it's going to be what you said, because that's easier. But imagine, like, wouldn't it be cool if they did something where, like, there's a huge space battle, like, the biggest battle of Star Wars, in a Star Wars movie, like, a Battlestar Galactica scene, which I know is meaningless to you, something like that, like, some crazy, big, it's a really good show, you should watch it, all of you should watch Battlestar, if you haven't, you go do it now. So it's, like, comics, like, too late to get into it. Well, the problem with Battlestar, actually, okay, let's segue for a second, the problem with Battlestar, actually, is it was in tandem with the stuff happening in the Iraq War. Like, all, a lot of the stuff was paralleling what so was going on. So I should keep on. that in mind as I watch it. Yeah, in the sense of, like, a lot of stuff felt very... Like, it was really good at times because it was tackling issues that were happening at the time, almost within, like, the same year. So, you know, there'd be, like, terrorist attacks, and there'd be, like, um, torture in prison, and there'd be, like, all this stuff that was really, like, it lined up so well with what we were just going through in Iraq that it just, like, it felt... Like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's in space, and it's like a space soap opera, kind of. There's also all this political stuff that's really rooted in current events, which was interesting. So going back... Ten years later now, it might not, or eight years later, it might not be as powerful as it was, but I don't know, I've only watched it in the context of what was happening in the world at that time, so it's hard to say. It is a really good show nonetheless, I think that just was the icing on the cake, but... Yeah, I mean, if it's good on its own merits, it wouldn't have needed yeah, that. It just, it just yeah, it just meshed so well, and it was purposely done that way, that would kind of mirror current debates about how the U.S. was doing certain things and that sort of, and how, you know, like, the response terrorism and that sort of stuff. Anyway, we're, I, I digress... I digress. What I was going to say about Star Fox is I'm having this vision that I probably will never come true, but I really hope it does. Like, let's say there's a huge battle unfolding on a TV. You're on the gamepad flying around as Fox or whatever. You have your own set mission. You have your own path. You're going into the screen on rails, as always, let's say. Ooh, and then, so, fine, maybe not on rails. We could do free, fine. We'll do open, open, uh, free range, like in a couple of those Star, star there we go. Star Fox 64. You know no. the free range levels yeah, with the right. battles? M- multiply that by magnitude of like 100. Put in HD on the TV. You are one ship in that battlefield on your gamepad, completing whatever mission it gives you. Like, you have to kill Star Wolf. You have to go save Slippy. And then whatever's happening on the TV will occasionally spill over. So let's say a couple of your teammates blow up a ship on a TV. second later, the debris flying through your gamepad view in first person. Like, the battles on the TV, you're just one dog in the dogfight, or fox in the 
dogfight. Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? I don't think that's what they're doing, but I think that'd be super cool if the TV was, like, the overarching battle, and what you're doing is piloting one ship on the gamepad within that overarching battle, that overarching scenario. That, to me, sounds more interesting than just, here's your R-Wing from behind the back, and here's your R-Wing from Fox's view, and it kind of, it's a stretch, but kind of meshes with what Miyamoto's saying, because he's like, cinematics will be happening, and you could go yeah, do your but, own thing, uh, and they affect each other. But if the gamepad is cockpit view, no matter what, whether you're, an explosion is happening on the TV, it's, debris still going to fly at you in the same way. That's what I'm saying. That's why it doesn't have to be like an overarching... Thing. No, 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 I'm saying like have a whole battle play out, a scripted battle on the TV, and as you go through your mission, it doesn't have to be a real like AI battle where things are happening, but just have it look like you are a small part of a big battle. So you're in, like, much like in a real spaceship. Naturally, because I've been to space and I've been in dogfights. I don't think it would have to be on rails, because, like, they did have, quote-unquote, like, battles going on in Assault, like, where there were, like, two factions Yeah, this would just be, like, a flushing out of that. Because that, to me, sounds really cool. Yeah, it would have to be on rails, probably. But just the idea that, like, you really feel like you're one part of a bigger thing, opposed to in, like, Star Fox 64, where often you were the only thing, with the exception of those free-range levels. Yeah, but I mean, Star Fox has come a long way. You shouldn't keep referring like Star Fox sixty four. Well, oh, I know it has, but I'm it, just it using wasn't that. It was, and I'm, and they've taught, and I'm used. I'm well, just using uh, that as a sort of. I mean, Assault. Yeah, they had some like bigger. Do- they had bigger battles, but more often than not, they zipped in and out of your screen, and that was it. Imagine if you, much like if you're on a real spaceship, you look to your left or you look up to your TV, and oh, here's everything else that's happening as you're doing this on your gamepad, and you have to watch that to make sure stuff doesn't fly into your line of vision and ruin your whatever. Or they kept, you know, they kept Slippy being chased by someone on TV, and then he dives in and out of your screen. Basically, it's Star Fox 64 or Star Fox Assaults on Rail Missions, but with a broader view courtesy of the TV. That's what yeah. I want to see happen. It's pretty much like the TV is like... The TV's the universe, and you're just like one piece omnipresent of it. camera mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it could do Sam at crazy stuff. It could have scripted stuff. And then what you're seeing is Fox's it's view like, well, of that. Well, you thought that debris that was clearly in your blind spot, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just moved. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like, it was like I had a second view somewhere. Like but how, wouldn't that be cool, though? In the, like, if they just took Star Fox on rails and just like, here's the world that's <laughs> happening around it as it's happening. It's Foxy sense. I, Foxy sense. I think that'd be cool. I don't know if that's what MMO meant. He did say you could kind of do your own thing during the cinematics, but I personally would think that would be cool. But I wonder if he meant like by doing your own thing. He probably like, meant turn, it, look it, to the right. It, 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 you could barrel roll in place like those yeah. cinematics. Um, like I know Assassin's Creed and a bunch of other like open world games do this, where you could still like have your character walk yep. around. Yeah, that's what I'm worried he actually meant, or like what you were saying earlier. I think that's what he actually meant, where it's like, oh, here it is in third person, here it is in first person, and that's kind of what we assumed it was in the last few times we talked about it. But when he said this, my, I, I just went, like, my mind just started running with all these ideas. Like, oh, imagine if you're, like, a little piece of a bigger puzzle. I mean, also, like, oh, I just dropped the little... Soda thing. can lid into the, or the little, the, the tab. Yeah. That's how, that's how you indicate that you're done. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is that what you do at a restaurant? You're just, like, you just drop a little metal tab into your glass, and you're like, give me another. I usually don't get a can, though. Yeah, they don't give cans. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I guess that's also assuming that, um... The footage they were showing, or well, that I guess that they blurred out at E3 was definitely not even... They showed one screenshot, no footage. They no, showed... there was footage. It was Miyamoto, right. it was Miyamoto playing, right. and they had like the R-Wing like, doing like a loop-de-loop, and it was basically And it was that. in a barren, empty space, and it was 3D on one screen. Yeah, but it could have evolved. Well, like no, I said... No, this... Well, that's it. Like, I'm thinking, like obviously, like the terrain and the environment will change. Like, there'll yeah. probably be more stuff going on, but I'll, I'm pretty sure it'll still be that third-person view that they showed I'm there. hoping not, because that's really boring and seems kind of... like. Yeah, but I feel like... This, I, this is a pipe dream, I know, but, but I it's like a pipe dream like I really want. I feel like that makes sense, because I'm... 
don't know. It's like you have two perspectives at once, which I guess... Is what the Wii U's all about. It's something you don't really have right now. Yeah. But why do you need first person in Star Fox? It worked just fine in Assault when it wasn't. In a 64 I don't know, it yeah. It, it doesn't, honestly... It's not neat. Uh, the only way... Like, 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 and it, the only way it can make sense is if, if they reworked the R-Wing itself for the cockpit to be able to turn 360 degrees. Because if you turn around quickly and look behind you and it allows you to look behind you, that's it's, literally just Fox like turning his body around. You can't yeah. turn the R-Wing like, instantly around. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, that would really change how the game is played. And also, again... That's no different than normal Star Fox. They just put you inside the cockpit. Like I'd rather see them go big and do can't like you really utilize different screen. What? Can't you you, can't yeah, you yeah there's always a cockpit. Person? I think I don't remember. Assault had it. Assault had it. I don't know if sixty four had it. Did Assault have it? Hey, if anyone knows, leave a comment on this episode and tell us, like you guys did for the other stuff and corrected us, which we appreciate. We always appreciate corrections, so please feel free at any and all time. Uh, what are you looking at? Oh. I was, like, starting to doubt myself whether I even had Star Fox 3D or, like, if we I did. We played it. it. We played it. Anyway. I got rid of it. Oh. But, but, no, that's why I'm, like, that's why I think it should be, like, your I'll little piece. i play it again. Maybe they, that would look cool in 3D. It did look cool in 3D when we first played it. It's been such a long time. It's been two years. It's Three years. Three years. Yeah, but. It has I mean, been a long time. And it's, like, a half hour long August game. 2011. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. yeah, it is like half an hour game. But no, that's that's but that's why I'm saying like if it is just like oh here's the same game but now you're looking out of a cockpit, it's kind of like, get creative. You have an HD console that can do beautiful graphics with the right it's art funny, style. Like, Use it. I don't know, like like let's just play double advocate right now. Like obviously, hopefully, we're hoping it's something like really creative. Yeah. But like by the way, speculating about Nintendo is so much fun when when we could just let our imagination run wild. Anyway, sorry, continue. Because yeah, I mean, like this is kind of leading into another point that I'm pretty sure we we're gonna mention probably regarding another game. Yes, we I here. know what you're gonna talk so, about. We'll get there in a minute. So, like, say, um, what we, the footage that we saw in Niti, like, whether tentative or not, like, that's pretty much what we're going to get, just, uh-huh. like, two different views. Sure, sure. And let's say the game comes out, and we're pretty much getting the exact same game. Like, it, it plays, like, you could completely ignore the gamepad if you want, and you'll still be perfectly fine, sure. or vice versa. Which a lot of people want. They just want a standard Star Fox. Yeah, so then, um... I mean, in many ways, I want a standard Star Fox, but... Which I feel like kind of makes, like, his point on, that he made on the other game, on Zero thing, like, oh, we Which have to wait for too. a control scheme that works for the game. Yes. And it's like, yes. oh, then why go make it look like you went through all the trouble with Star Fox and like nothing really changed? Yeah, see, there's two angles to the Star Fox thing. I want, at least for me, I get what you're saying, I completely agree. Nintendo's very selective with their excuses. Uh, it really is just an excuse. It is. <laughs> but no, in the case of this, because like, I've said the last couple of episodes, why can't we just have a normal Star Fox? Which is what I feel like my crazy theory would kind of be. If you're just like, okay, your R-Wing's on one screen and the TV's the other, but you're controlling the R-Wing like a normal R-Wing, and your TV is just the expanded world. Like, it's not, it's on rails, but with a space around the rail that you can see. Like, if they do that, that's just Star Fox Plus. That's Star Fox Enhanced, in my mind. If they do the crazy thing where it's like, oh, well, we're going to have this control scheme where you have to use the gyro because you're inside the cockpit and all this other stuff. It's like, well, that just seems like you're shoehorning it in. Or, if they let you control it normally and it's just a normal Star Fox, it's like, well, why do you even have the gamepad and the two screens? Like, there's no real way for them to win, because in one way I want, you know what I mean? Like, they're kind of in a weird situation, but but all their things about controls and whatnot are all excuses, yeah. Because that's the more juicy stuff in the uh, It's almost like in the interview. they didn't really have, like, a completely solid idea for a game using both the gamepad and the TV, except for, like, Nintendo Oh, they Land. did not. They It is so it, 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 abundantly it's like, clear. It's like they made Nintendo Land, and I guess Game & War, which yeah. was, I guess, supposed to be a pack-in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and at one point, it's going to come up with the system. Yeah, and then beyond that, it was like... Well, yeah. Here's the thing about the Wii U, and here's why I think at the end of the day the thing isn't doing well. Nintendo said, we have an innovative new control scheme. 
It's so crazy. Think about it. You can play on your controller while someone's watching your TV. Isn't that great? Oh, but but Nintendo, um, what if I just want to play on the TV? Oh, well, but we do, well, you know, we do have a screen, I guess. We could find something to do with it, right? Yeah, it's innovative. We're innovative. We'll figure it out. That's basically what happened. And then, like, they went into it going, how can we make it so you can play games no matter what you're on? Because they have said numerous times they don't compete with other game companies. They compete for your entertainment time. Yeah. Against TV, against movies, against books, the against internet. The best thing you want to do is be innovative just for the sake of being innovative. Yeah, no, but uh, where I was going, yeah, but where I was going with that is like they want your entertainment time. So they're saying if your TV is occupied by yeah, your girlfriend watching Project Runway or whatever, you should still be able to play our games and we can entertain you and win that time. So they made off TV play. They then went, crap, what do we do with this now? And they had good ideas, like you said, Nintendo Land, Game of Wario. Some of the stuff they used Ooh, in Game Pikmin Pack. Pikmin 3 used it really well. Pikmin 3 does it really well. They basically went, oh, well, we have off-TV play, and we have done this right with the DS and 3DS. We can do a dual-screen thing, sure. But then they didn't have any ideas for it. So it's abundantly clear to me they don't have ideas. When Miyamoto's like, oh, I'm going to work exclusively on gamepad-based games. He said that last year, remember? And then he goes to E3 and shows Project Giant Robot and whatever the other one was. Both camera of which felt like, yeah, and both of which, security camera game, yeah. And both of them just felt like glorified tech demos. Two years into the Wii U's life, when Miyamoto supposedly dedicating all his time to that before he did Star Fox, you know they don't really have ideas. So, I mean, I love the Wii U to death. It's a great system. The games are great. Some of the interface stuff works wonders on two screens, but it's clear that Nintendo innovated for the sake of innovating, which, they're as you said, from, is a bad idea. Yeah, they were just promoting the wrong thing. Honestly, like, if they didn't make such a big deal about the gamepad and just kind of presented, like, oh, like, just kind of sell it on just the fact that it just has off-TV play and not even yep. really bring up anything else. If they sold it with off-TV play and if they had Amiibo day one. If they said our controller has NFC for toy-to-life toy games and the ability to play games when your parents are watching TV, it would have sold boatloads to yeah, kids. and that's it. Because Amiibos are And fun. then when they present a game like Pikmin 3 on Nintendo, then you're like, whoa, wow, I could do this too? Yeah. Instead of going, you have no idea what we can do with this screen and you know what, neither do <laughs> we. Like, that's where they went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but... I don't know. But um, I, you did mention the F-Zero thing. Oh, first, we kind of went in a long circle about Star Fox, and who knows what's going to happen, but we'll find out at E3. Miyamoto yeah. confirmed to Smosh it will be playable, which, of course, is no surprise if it's coming out before Zelda this year. So, yeah. So, But that's happening. But the juicier stuff is, like you said, F-Zero, and also we talked about Pikmin. So I kind of wanted to talk about Pikmin first, just because it's the lesser of the more of the crazy things he said uh so just get out of the way type of deal so with pikmin um he made an interesting comment they asked him like oh are you gonna make new games for these franchises you haven't touched in a little while or games you haven't announced yet you know pikmin metroid f-zero they they said another one i don't remember what it was it was some super random it was like ice climbers or like some random thing you would not expect them to say um kid Icarus maybe i don't know but uh so pikmin he said yes he has ideas nothing solidified but they will keep making pikmin games which is good, considering they just made the Pikmin animated shorts, which are a promotional tool to promote the franchise. But he said they don't have anything started yet, which makes me wonder, what was the point of the animated shorts? They were to promote Pikmin 3, so we thought, right? Yeah. A couple weeks after Pikmin 3 came out, you know what Nintendo did? Discontinued making Pikmin 3, uh, retail copies. So what are these shorts doing? What are they for? You can still buy it on the eShop, which is where you can get the shorts, so there's that link. But, like, my friend just got Wii U, um, he's a huge Pikmin man, just got Wii U in November, and when he was home over the Christmas holiday, he he was like, hey, have you seen Pikmin 3 anywhere? I've been trying to get it. I'm like, I read it got discontinued. He's like, really? And they like called around. No one has Pikmin 3. This um, was seven, six weeks after they released the animated shorts, which, you know, 
promote Pikmin 3. <laughs> so it just seems like really weird that they do these shorts and then Mimo's like, oh, we have more for Pikmin one day, I guess. And then Nintendo's like, yeah, buy Pikmin 3. What about 3. downloadable? It is downloadable. Yeah, that's why, that's why I said there is that link. So if you want to buy it within the video, you can go to the eShop. Yeah. But what if you like physical games? I mean, everyone I know prefers physical, actually. You, my friend who just got Wii, my other friend who just got Wii, I don't know anyone who would like... He, he downloaded it because he had no choice. But he looked for quite a while. And like sale, like Pikmin 3, um, you can find it on eBay, like above MSRP, or at least you could over Christmas. He looked. So it's just like, what is Nintendo doing? What are they thinking? But either way, more Pikmin's good news. Um, so that's a good thing. The other one you already touched on is F-Zero. Yeah, so... He just said he didn't want to do it. Yeah, the translation of what he said is don't count on it. Basically, they're like, oh, we're going to do F-Zero? And his response, he kind of said it um, already, was that Nintendo doesn't like to make straight-up racing games. Enough companies do that, so they can put their own twist on it. So Mario Kart, obviously, it's, you know, arcadey. F-Zero, you would think, would be about speed and, like, just the handling, it's also, which it's is also, so different, right, also, in theory. It's also the only racing game where you have com- you have vehicle combat that doesn't involve any items whatsoever. Yes. Because you ram into your opponents, you have your spin attack. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I thought, it's a pretty I, unique I thought that game. made it really unique. Me and too. It, it's the only game that goes that fast. Like, Wipeout is it, it, fast. It's a fast game, but it doesn't, like the boost power and then like first boost. oh my god yeah but apparently that's not the enough for me track. apparently that's not enough for me settle down he's turning to the hulk no one can see it but you're you're turning green and your shorts are, or your pants are turning to purple shorts and starting Man, to rip at the scene let's play that game right after the podcast i'm so angry yeah you, you take it out Mimo, by playing the game he has no opinion that he doesn't care no it's not just me. it really makes me want to play it yeah it's, i'm down to do a racer too i'm not yeah, well. yeah we might as well but no, what I was going to say is, apparently, everything we just said that's great about Zero is not good enough for Miyamoto. Because he said the thing that was said apart, at least this is what I told Wait, the Wait, why does he, like, he assume everyone wants him to make it? Like, we don't care who makes he it. He doesn't, he's not saying he'll make it. No, no, but... But what he's saying is they're only going to make it. He created. Oh, why co- doesn't, well, He I mean, co-created fine, it. He gets final Why does Nintendo have to make it? They don't. That's what, that was the point they made. Because yeah. he said, to the Smosh guys, like you said, that unless they come up with a clever new control scheme that makes it different from other racing games, they're not going to do it. It's like, why are you... Why? Okay. Hold the on. sumo make it. They're like yeah. the best qualified the people Sonic, to make it. Yeah, the Sonic and Racing All-Star. See, originally it's like, oh, have Sega do it again. But that doesn't make sense because Sega kind of isn't what they were. And the com- the division that made it AV doesn't even exist anymore. They reshuffled so many times. Uh, I think half those guys aren't even at the company anymore. I, I still can't believe the Monkey Ball guys made F-Zero GX. That's funny to me. Oh. But um, but no, the, I, have, I have lots of thoughts. I have many feels about this. I have many deep uh, Nintendo nerd feels to share. My main concern is why, why does Nintendo feel the need, see here's where we put them on blast, why does Nintendo feel the need that every single non-AAA franchise they have has to be some sort of innovative new experience of gaming that you've never done before, yet they're perfectly fine pumping out Mario sequels, Zelda every two years, like I don't understand it. They almost have it backwards, like... I feel like the new Super Mario Brothers series, like yeah. the way they've been pumping it out lately, I feel like they're the ones that need like an innovative revamp. While I agree, these old games just need another game. Yeah, like we haven't I had understand... enough games in their like whole franchise to get tired of them yet. Yes, and I understand Nintendo's design philosophy. I mean, Bill Tran just said this in an interview with uh, I don't even remember who, but publishing somewhere he just said this. Nintendo's philosophy is gameplay first, and they figure out which franchise to put it on. Too, we've talked about me and Mo's talked about it. So we, yeah. yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's okay to go, oh, hey, there are fans that like this game. Let's make a new one. It's been uh, 12 you know, years? You know what even, since, it's been 12 years since I've seen it. And you know what would even count like, as a big deal? The fact that it would have online play. 
Like that would yeah. like that in of itself is like whoa, like M Zero online in HD. Yeah, and Nintendo, you had no problem making a Mario Kart that's innovative control scheme was hitting a horn on a touchscreen, on a touchscreen that also mimicked the DS's old map. You have no problem with that. So why can't you do F Zero? Now I get it's probably an excuse. I get that. I get it's probably something like Nintendo saying, oh well, Mario Kart sells, Mario sells, Zelda sells, F Zero decade fan base much smaller. It's an investment that they we don't want to make. They make it digital download only. Well, no, because they still have to invest in developing it. But then that brings up your point of why not someone else, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you said Sumo Digital. They'd be good. And Nintendo has no qualms doing this. They, I mean, for all they know, it's going to work out to do super well. Hyrule Warriors. They basically pawned off a spinoff of Zelda on another company and said, whatever, we'll help you, but that's all you. And the game exceeded expectations and sold, like, a decent number of copies. F-Zero could do the same thing. Just give it to the right people. I mean, they have, Smash Bros. wasn't even on Nintendo. That was Namco involved. Oh, unless, like, that's what Retro's been working on because they're like, you know what? We did first-person shooter. We did platformers. Give us a racing game. Now, I will give you a credit that he might have deflected the question because they're not ready to announce it because he did say there's more coming in 2015 and I'm sure an F-Zero would be a nice surprise for E3. But... That would be pretty good. But time. I just don't get why he would even suggest because, like, let's say... Okay, let's say they don't, they don't want to make it. Let's say they can't necessarily think of someone to make it. This is the same Nintendo who just last year, Satori Wada said, their president, said, oh, yeah, 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 we want to pump out games faster. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to partner with other publishers. We're going to partner with other developers and have them make things for us. So let's say, hypothetically, Sega doesn't want to make it. Let's say AV Club doesn't exist. It doesn't. And Sumo says no. Find a racing developer and pay them to make it like you are doing, like you did with Hyrule Warriors. I don't understand why. Like, if you can't find someone that you think is a good fit, Find someone who you think would be an interesting fit and let them go crazy. They let the monkey ball team make it. They can do that again. <laughs> so I'll get the wipeout people to make it. Make it the wipeout people. I don't care. I'm pretty like, sure, I'm pretty sure so they wouldn't stupid. mind. It's like not even that far off from like... Yeah. Just... And I mean, it's not like Nintendo isn't doing this already. They're doing the strangest collaborations. Just the other day, they announced Puzzles and Dragons Super Mario Brothers Edition, which is like by far the crazy, the weirdest mashup they've ever done. So if they can do that, why can't they find someone to make their racing game? And that's actually, I guess, a good transition into Puzzles and Dragons Super Mario Edition, which came out of nowhere. And it's kind of a big deal. You wouldn't think it, but it's actually kind of a big deal. I mean, you wouldn't think because I barely knew what Puzzles and Dragons yeah, is. Yeah, most people don't. So, um, what Puzzles and Dragons is, is basically, it's kind of like Puzzle Quest, in that you are, you're going around a map, you're interacting with other characters, like RPG style, you're battling them, and then instead of a battle... It dumps you in a puzzle game, like a block matching puzzle. Oh, I, I know what right? you're talking about. So I, puzzle, I, I chuckled. I mean, it's like an interesting concept. It's just like yeah, it's, like it's, a funny it's such a funny caution. But here, here's where so it's, it's like the whole Yu-Gi-Oh premise, like oh, like serious battle, hand-to-hand combat. Oh no, let's just settle it in a game of it's Pokemon whatever. Puzzle League, where it's like I'm gonna fight this gym leader by combining three spade blocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I love Pokemon Puzzle League by the way. But yeah, so what they're doing for this one is um. Instead of just traversing a random... The, the plot is Bowser discovers the drop, the power of the drop. I think the drop is the stone in the game. And he's using that to kidnap, kidnap Guess Who, Princess Peach. And then Mario has to go save her and interact with Yoshi, Luigi, and other characters along the way. And the overworld, instead of being, you know, whatever overworld they normally have, is the overworld, naturally, of a Mario game. So it looks like a Mario... It looks like Super Mario World... Uh, Super Mario 3D World's over ma- like overworld map. And they just go point to point, talk to people, battle, that sort of thing. What's interesting about this... Battles look like Dragon Quest battles. What? The battles look like Dragon Quest. Yeah, like the top screen has a Dragon Quest where like the Koopas or whoever are first person are looking at them and the bottom screen's like Puzzle Quest, basically. But the block matching's totally different. It's a whole different system. But why this is such a huge get for Nintendo 
because this is a big deal, even though it doesn't seem like it. It's a big enough deal that their stock shot way up when it was announced. Like they were going, they were coming down from like they were doing okay, and then they had a big drop for a couple days, weeks, and it went back to a higher level that it was at before the drop off of this. And the reason for that is Puzzles and Dragons is quite possibly the biggest mobile game in Japan. 32 million downloads of the game across Whoa. iOS, Android, Amazon tablets. 6 million here in so the States. you say, like, mobile went Nintendo? Yeah. Hey, you stole my tweet. <laughs> that was my tweet. Because I... For those who didn't see the tweet, who don't follow me, I tweeted when this was announced, Nintendo... Instead of Nintendo going mobile, you know, as everyone wants, mobile's going Nintendo. And sure enough, the biggest mobile game in Japan is now... Has an exclusive Nintendo version. Actually, a second version. They released one in Japan called... Po- or, yeah, called Puzzles and... I just totally blank. Like, Puzzles and Dragons, there we go, called Puzzles and Dragons Z. In three weeks, it sold over a million copies on 3DS. Jeez. This is like the sequel to that, basically. It hasn't come west yet, but they said that one's going to come west, as will this one. But to give you an idea, we don't know what Puzzles and Dragons is, right? Neither of us heard of it. We will it's soon. still sold, it still was downloaded over six million times in the US and Canada. Yikes. This is a beast. And if you, in Japan, it's Makes a sure Candy bet. Crush look like what? No, Candy Crush is much bigger oh. in the West. But this well, is yeah. the Japanese Candy Crush. Oh. Um, so the fact that it, <laughs> yeah it does but the fact that Nintendo's doing this like it's a guaranteed seller and they need a guaranteed like it's not just a big deal because it's like oh yeah they're gonna get so many sales they need this on the 3DS like right now because think about it there's nothing this year Majora's candy Mask Candy Crush New Super Mario Brothers oh god <laughs> instead of candy it's mushrooms Mushroom Crush um, we should make that before <laughs> someone else does actually but no what I was gonna say is like they needed it. Like, this isn't just Nintendo going, yeah, we'll just whore out Mario. They need something like this to sell. Cause Angry Birds Mario. They don't have... Well, Angry Birds is already falling apart. Yeah. yeah. But, um, Minecraft Mario. No, that's Microsoft now. That'll never happen. Imagine if that happened. Minecraft Mushroom it? Kingdom. Is that all, like, the popular or were, were popular? No, there's a lot. Um, well, I mean, like, like really big names. Like, I... That, that's all I had. I got to tell my head. Like, Minecraft, those, Angry like, Birds. Can, uh, Candy Crush. The problem is they rotate so quickly now. Like, everything's viral. I feel like mobile games have, like, a viral path where they get super big really briefly and just fall off the face of the earth. Remember Draw Something? Yeah. Uh, Zynga bought it for $100 million. I even deleted it because I just stopped playing it. Yeah, Zynga bought it. Zynga, Words of Friends. Uh And Farmville bought it for $100 Yes, bought for $100 million at its peak. Within six weeks, it lost, like, 40% of its users or something. Because it's viral. All these things are viral. People are like, check out this game. Oh, sure, and then they get over it. There are exceptions to the rule, like Heads Up, that Ellen DeGeneres game where you hold the phone up to your head and have the yep. screen face. That one's lasting. Say that every time at Disneyland. Yeah, that one lasts. Like, uh, I'm just, go- I'm literally just looking through the games right now. Like, there's stuff that's more permanent. Subway Surfers have been around for a while. Clash of Damn. Clans have been around for a while. But a lot of these are like Flash in the Pan sort of stuff. Hmm. But, but yeah, so in Japan, at least Puzzles and Dragons has evolved into like an Angry Birds caliber thing, at least for now. So Nintendo's milking it now while they can, which is good because as I started to say, they don't have anything this year. The 3DS is in a weird lull year. Like, we were, Majora's Mask, 3D, obviously, and um, uh, Codename Steam. There's like, is there anything else announced for 3DS right now? I don't think so. From by Nintendo, right? Yeah, by mm-hmm. Nintendo. I mean, there's third-party stuff, but if you're looking at things that will drive system sales in the, you know, mere months after the new... Dude. Yes, it will. It certainly will. It always uh, felt like a... There's a huge following for it. Uh, it's a cult I mean, I, I guess like... I mean, I'm sure there is. I yeah. mean, I I wouldn't really know like how big followings are for specific games, but um, I don't know. Just like it's not gonna be like gangbusters. No, no, so. I know, but just like from I guess my experience like with different people that I've talked to about Majora's Mask, mm-hmm. it always sounded like a very polar game. Like half the people like really didn't like it or didn't even bother with but it. But those and, people that didn't like it and didn't bother and, with it, like Ocarina, and already bought 3DS for that. They're going after the other guys that didn't yet. 
Uh, and then there's those people that, I guess, the ones that really like that are like, that's their favorite game. But. Yeah. I mean, it's big enough that they're, you know, doing special editions and everything. But what I was going to say is, um, so we know those are coming out. And recently in a Japanese magazine called uh, 4Gamer, one of the producers of the Pokemon series said they're readying an announcement for that. So presumably there'll be a Pokemon game this year. But in terms of other stuff, there's like nothing this year. So this, at least totally three, this is filling a void because this comes out in April in Japan. And it's going to sell a million copies in a heartbeat. Like, this is a sure seller for Nintendo, and that's probably the sole reason they did it, hmm. I would guess. I mean, similarly in Japan, or er, in, I'm sorry, in America, it's probably going to do just as well. And it's been confirmed for the U.S. too. So, well, not exactly confirmed for the U.S., but Gung Ho tweeted that they are going to have more details <laughs> soon to share. Hmm. So, so there's that. But, um, yeah, you know what? It, you know what would be a good way to get that information, though? Oh. Like a Nintendo Direct or something. Check out this segue. We are due for one this month. We're probably due for one very soon because the fact of the matter is we don't know anything about Puzzles and Dragons, which is fine, but we know nothing about the new 3DS. And that's supposed to be coming out sometime soon, right? Maybe I mean... It would be safe to assume that, I mean, presumably before Majora's Mask, right? Not just before Majora's Mask, possibly in tandem with it. Here's the thing. In time for Monster Hunter or whatever? I assume Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, Majora's Mask, and Codename Steam are going to be around the time of Has the that even gotten a release... Month? Spring, I think. I bet you it'll be March, and I bet you it'll be around the time of the 3DS, because I'm sticking with my 3DS in March, dearie. But here's what's interesting. We all know when the new 3DS is out in any part of the West. Well, let me rephrase. In Japan, it came out in October. In Australia, Australia and New Zealand, it came out in November. In Europe, it's not out, but it is out. So Nintendo announced uh, earlier this... out and not out? Well, Nintendo announced... Thanks for feeding into that one. Well, Jose, let me tell you. Nintendo announced in Europe, as some people probably oh, have heard... Oh, boy. Gee golly, sir, please do. Uh, would you like me to shine your shoe while you talk? No, that's okay. Uh, shine my suit? Shine my shoe. Oh. Sue. Who shines a suit? That's what I was asking. Let me just spray it with some pan real quick. I was as confused as you were. Yeah, I, I could tell. Um, what was I going to say? Right, so... Over in Europe... What Nintendo did is instead of just, you know, releasing a system, they have released a system to a select number of people before it even has a release date or release period. Basically what they did is certain Club Nintendo members were able to be eligible to get an ambassador system. This is a 3DS with a custom faceplate that says Nintendo in both Kanji and the, you know, normal Nintendo logo on the faceplates. comes with a Smash Bros. faceplate, comes with a charging cradle. All said and done, it costs 270 bucks. Sounds so awesome. Or 179 pounds, which is what they're actually selling it for. What's weird about it is Nintendo, when they normally do a release of a system, they will have an event worldwide within 24 hours of multiple events, and they'll go, okay, you're getting the system on this day, you're getting the system on this day, and you're getting the system on this day to each region. For whatever reason, the new 3DS, they feel like trickling it's the best way. So, like, Japan, it's like, oh, yeah, you're getting it in two weeks. Oh, surprise, Australia, you're getting it this month. Oh, hey, Europe, we're not telling you when you're getting it, but, like, 20 of you already have it because we shipped it to you because you bought the ambassador edition so congrats you have it but it's not actually out anywhere yet but you have it like it's it's in america we're totally in the dark so we need a nintendo direct to toss do you think we'll also get ambassador whatever no it is? i do not think we'll get anything no <laughs> here's why well first of all um i should say that this is clearly a buzz building thing like i get why nintendo's doing it in europe but it still strikes me as weird but i don't think we're getting it because one NOA just seems to hate us lately. NOA's struggling. NOA can't do things right. They screwed up Amiibo, which we'll talk about in a minute. They had some issues. They did do the Majora's Mask edition. Not my problem. 
exactly. And they ju- they just announced this Friday, like on Friday, that their licensee that's distributing all their stuff in Brazil is pulling the plug. Nintendo is leaving Brazil completely, just like that. Just they're gone. That's it. The ta- see, apparently Brazil requires you to pay an insanely high tax if you're importing like electronics. Nintendo's like it's not. We're not making any profit because of the tax. So they're like we're out. And that leaves however many hundred thousand. 3DS owners down there, what are they supposed to do? Are they still going to get eShop games? How's Nintendo going to support that? If most people are smart, they would have probably said their region was North America, not Latin America, so they could get tons of games. But if they didn't, they're now stuck with a system that may or may not have any future support. And on top of that, Brazil's the largest Latin American game market. So for Nintendo to just be like, peace, we're gone, it's just really weird. What if, What about the other companies? Have they? Sony and Microsoft, I believe, are still there. Hmm. Huh. Nintendo was trying to make headway. Nintendo of America for the longest time, Reggie in particular, kept talking about, yeah, there's a new opportunities for NOA. We're going to open a Latin American sub-branch. We're going to like do stuff there. He's been to Brazil at a Nintendo event. And now Nintendo's like, never mind. See ya. It's just a very strange thing. So NOA's doing weird stuff. But back to the ambassador thing. Um, what I was going to say is, I don't think it's going to happen in the States because the way NO, Nintendo of Europe has it set up isn't, possible in the same way for Nintendo of America, and I don't see Nintendo of America investing to make it possible. Nintendo of Europe has their own storefront. Not like store.nintendo.com, like an actual storefront where you can purchase real retail products, new condition, and have them shipped to your home, like Amazon style. Store.nintendo.com, they have refurbished stuff and they have parts, and they have missing manuals and they have missing, like, you know, accessories. That's it. European Nintendo has sales, they have promotions, they have games, they have Amiibo, they have consoles that you can buy new. And they have it linked into Club Nintendo. So for the ambassador program, all they did was point people to their store to a special page and said, log in, use your Club Nintendo, buy the thing, you're good. NOA would have to put that all in place. And considering they already have waited a week and haven't announced anything, and most likely these are going to launch the same in both regions, like time-wise, my suspicion is they're just not going to do it. That's true. Unless it's free, they have no way to charge us right now. They do. They could do start in town on company. They have no way to link it back to Club Nintendo at the moment. Sounds they're like totally independent. Yeah, I feel like they're not going to bother. And they just and the thing is, store.nintendo.com is so archaic to begin with. And they did revamp it like this past holiday, so it looks a little better, but it still looks kind of outdated. So like, the company that took so many years to link Club Nintendo to the eShop, or, you know, uh, WiiWare or whatever, and to do a proper link. I mean, they had the link day one, but you couldn't, like, it didn't notice what you bought right away. Yeah, it like, took a year or two for them to sync up the buying with the Club Nintendo service. So if it took them that long to do that, I have no hope that we're getting an ambassador program. As cool as it is. And the system does look really cool. But, um, I imagine we're going to find out soon what's happening. I imagine we're getting the system soon. They're already Destructoid was reporting that the original 3DS has probably been gets discontinued. They actually did some digging and they found that, for example, the Coral Pink 3DS, which used to be available at every retailer, randomly became Toys R Us exclusive and then just disappeared from Toys R Us. Simultaneously, the buy now option on Nintendo's 3DS subsite at Nintendo.com only lists the 2DS and the XL. The original 3DS is now missing. And if you search for a 3DS on like GameStop or Best Buy or Amazon or Target's like store locator, more likely than not, the stores you look for will not have any inventory. It's still listed on the website, you just can't pick it up anywhere. Hmm. They're phasing them out. On top of that, GameStop just on Friday, I think it was Friday, maybe Thursday, um, dropped the price of the 3DS. All 3DS XLs are currently $30 off. Now, why would they be clearing out inventory? For the, the, yeah, the obviously. One. I wasn't saying that like patronizing to you. I was saying that like patronizing to the situation. But yeah, so I think we're very, very close. I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Nintendo Direct very 
very soon, with probably within the next two weeks. Probably by the next episode. That's my bet. And I'm sure it'll talk about the 3DS release date, and I'm sure it's going to be timed around Codename Steam, which is March, March 13th, and Majora's Mask 3D, which isn't dated. And what's funny about Majora's Mask not being dated is they already announced the limited edition and put up pre-orders for it, but no one knows when they're getting them. Which is really weird, because if they're doing an Nintendo Direct this soon, which also flies in the face of what I was saying, if they're doing an Nintendo Direct this soon, then why did they not just wait for the Majora's announcement until the Nintendo Direct? Why'd they do it? I do, I do kind of like that, um, I think they were getting a lot of limited editions lately, or just like random yes. stuff I, like that. Because I remember before always feeling, um... Like Nintendo never did it. Yeah, because like my brother, like every time he buys a PS3 game, it's like always like, oh, the limited edition of Batman, limited edition of Little Big Planet, limited edition of more Batman or Assassin's Creed or whatever. Right. And I'm like, oh, I never get to buy a limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt the same way. I thought I felt like we were being deprived of something, but it's fine because I want to spend more money on a statuette that I probably won't we'll ever do anything. Right. Yeah, your Ganondorf for Wind Waker HD is still sitting in the box, just. Sitting here behind me. Well, he would be out, but we didn't get the dome that Europe got, and I feel yes. like, and, and also really love how the box looks. So it's like it does look. Really I, nice. I mean, and he's visible. He's like right behind you. That's true. Say hi, Ganondorf. I'm supposed to say it. Yeah. Hi, Ganondorf. So you say hi back? Um, probably not. Even Good, because if you did a voice, that'd be really weird. Yeah, like I would do a voice. Oh, you totally would do a voice. Anyway, you're the one that does the toad voice. <laughs> That one time. Well, I, I can unleash it at any time. <laughs> toad, toad is a threat. My Toad voice is a threat that makes people do things. So uh, they and then the Mario Kart it. thing. We didn't even get Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Is, yeah, we need to give Nintendo credit. Okay, first of all. New Yorkers. The European Special Edition Majora's Mask is not as good as ours. So what they announced from Majora when they announced oh, this new edition. Oh, paperweight. That's true. But this is like a cool statue. So what they announced for America, regardless of if you think it's better or not is uh, for $10 more, you get a special edition Majora's Mask that comes with a Skull Kid statue, which is basically a minimized version of the first four figures Skull Kid statue. Yeah, because that one is on a stump, right? Yeah, uh, but it's the same pose. Yeah, because yeah, when I saw the picture, down. I'm like, wait, this yep. looks exactly the same, which is cool because first four figures yeah. are pricey and insane to get, yeah. Yeah, but some of them are really big. Like, I think if you watch any Nintendo Direct that shows Reggie's office, he has the Ganondorf one. And he it's, does. It's, it's like eight or ten inches tall, probably. Yeah, it's pretty big. But, uh... And they're making the Phoenix Wright one. They are. They are. Yeah. Have they actually shown... They're also making an R-Wing. They, they showed a... Star Fox R-Wing. Oh, they showed it like a... I guess... What? Mudbox or whatever, like, program mm-hmm. you used to, like, digitally sculpt it. Mm-hmm. Like, they just showed that. Oh, okay. Like, the wireframe yeah. kind of... Thing. Right, right. The the 3D print. Yeah, like, I would, I would buy that one if it looks decent. They're, they're people... Yeah, I, want, I guess we'll say humanoid. Are a little weird. Yeah, the, the faces come out like Link had a kind of funky face in the last one. He did, but the Samus. Oh man, all their Metroid lines. The Samus looks really good. I imagine the R wings. Yeah, the, their, their, their Metroid line, their virus suit. They also had a phase on suit for Metroid Prime. Like those were amazing, and I really wanted one, but I was still like in high school, and there was no way I was gonna afford one. Right. And then they had the gunship, and they even had the Metroid Prime Hunter. They had Trace at yeah, one point. I remember that. And it's all Candon, but again, I was in high school. But at least we're getting the Skull Kid in the in the collector's edition. Yep. It's like it's like as the Ambassador Edition was rolling out across Europe for new 3DS. Like as people are freaking out about that. At the same time, Town America's like, "Hey, we got Skull Kid." But <laughs> it, what was crazy is it unleashed like another ridiculous frenzy. Like every time Town does something, I mean, we gotta give them credit. Like you're starting to say, they are doing more special editions, and I feel like they took the criticism to heart about, um, you know, like having Mario Kart 8 and High Rewards be Nintendo World only limited edition bundles. Because everyone, us included, were like. Oh, well, if we're not in New York and we're not willing to stand on a 10-block line, we're not going to get it. 
And Nintendo's like, okay, fine. We'll do it Wind Waker HD style. Here you go. But you know what? Instead of just GameStop, it'll be Fry's, GameStop, Amazon, and Best even though they said not Best Buy, Best Buy. <laughs> but but then the frenzy started, and this is where it got crazy. So basically, it was announced early in the morning on last Tuesday. GameStop post, put listings up a couple hours later, sold out within a few hours. Amazon put listings up a couple hours later after GameStop, sold out within a few hours. Uh, Fry's isn't even doing listings. You just show up, I think. Best Buy, after saying they weren't going to have it, and after Nintendo saying it's exclusive to those other guys, then put up listings. Sold out in like 45 minutes. Then, then it came back for a little bit. It sold out again. Yeah. Then the real crazy happened, which is EB Games Canada put out their listing. Ten minutes, it was gone. Ten minutes. Which leads to the question of why... I Okay, first, I get that a lot of people, myself included, went, oh, I missed the Wind Waker HD bundle with Ganondorf, so I'm going to get this one for sure, and I'm going to buy it right away. But Ganondorf was one store and lasted like a week before it ran out. Yeah. They ran out of these within a day. People that went to work came home from work and couldn't get it because it sold out while they were at work. Like, Nintendo seems to, whether intentional or not, and again, I got to give them credit for um, actually addressing the concerns about the limited editions being limited, too limited to only Nintendo World, but why can't they do inventory right anymore again putting them on blast no, i mean to their no this isn't to, just uh, no 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 but <laughs> just to another credit i mean it is called the limited edition yeah and you know what else is called the limited edition those assassin's creed bundles and the batman arkham whatever bundles that show up on fry's like uh uh you know discount shelf eight months later yeah because no one buys them but it's because they make enough you're, you're comparing like majora's mask limited edition versus... to a batman thing batman's popular uh, batman that one, that one i guess is weirder than but i mean Assassin's Creed, you're right. That's it, bad. It's yeah. kind of like when Ubisoft is um like like oh they're limited edition or collected edition of Watch Dogs with like iconic hat of this main character. Well, that's because they charge like five hundred dollars for it or two hundred. I don't know, but like I feel like a lot of there's a lot of third party companies that put out limited editions for games that like that suck. like no one even knows about like for completely new IPs. I could understand sequels or popular franchises, yeah. but a limited edition for an IP doesn't make sense necessarily. Yeah, Watch Dogs made a little sense because the hype was so high. But even then, like, you can't do, like, $200 stuff. Yeah. But what I was going to say, though, is, like, okay, so we'll give them that. We'll give Nintendo that. It's Nintendo. It's a little different, and it is limited. But this is the same company that, in the past year, went from being able to have their games on shelves to having issues with GameCube adapters, Amiibo. Oh, yeah, and then they have some up on their, their home site, right? Yeah, and, and they, they, and they sold out in 10 minutes as well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't understand why they... From an investor's point of view, something like Nintendo's, like selling gangbusters well to some extent but they're selling out so fast gamecube adapters demand is so high it sells out in 10 minutes like you just said and people still my friend who got wii u diff, not the not the the one with the pikmin obsession the other one still can't get gamecube adapter i sent him a link to the store at nintendo thing because i saw it like as soon as it went live like a couple of nintendo's people tweeted it saw it sent it to him he responded to me, to me within two minutes and it was already gone like seriously but I don't get like I understand yeah for investors it looks great it's building buzz but Nintendo's basically cultivated whether they like it or not with Amiibo they have really cultivated a scalper culture around their products so no matter what Nintendo puts out if it has limited if it has like any sort of rarity attached to it it's gonna be gone in a heartbeat and the sad thing is a lot of the people that are buying them aren't buying them for themselves they're buying them by the boatload and flipping them I mean you weren't you were talking about that guy yeah I guess it's like whether it's, like, I guess his attitude is, like, authentic or not. Yeah. There's just this guy that is, um, he's buying, like, hundreds, like, or, like, just pre-ordering, like, tons and tons and tons of, like, every single character 
he's using um like his friends and family to just get a bunch of pre-orders and he and whether like or not like he like shows a bunch of pictures like to prove it and he has like he'll have a picture of just like 20 like captain falcons lined up like a bunch of pits a bunch of like he had, he had like a whole box he's like filled with mars villagers and we yeah. trainers like every single one that you know is rare like we all know like which ones are rare but he i don't know i guess just like some of his comments just like are very trolly like they're really like causing a lot of fire like around there like he'll say things um apparently he has like a hundred rosalina's pre-ordered and his reasoning for doing so is just really weird just because like he hates rosalina fans so he wants to like make him suffer he doesn't like the i think the comment was something like he yeah. doesn't like the fan he doesn't like the character design because he thinks it's lazy nintendo design and he doesn't like people that like the character so he's buying all the rosalina to punish those people for liking there the character enough to make the character appear in Mario Kart and Smash Bros. and all those things. In other words, he's saying, you fans suck and are ruining my games by having a character I don't need to use in the game appear in the game. Yeah. So it, I'm going to punish you by taking away things you want and like. Which is the most backwards, just, stupid... Uh, yeah, it's like, why do you care what yeah. someone else enjoying But see, those sort, the fact that that's happening, Nintendo has, whether intentional or not, they've kind of cultivated that mindset of like, oh... I'm going to buy them all because look at the frenzy and I can capitalize on this either for money or for weird trolling mental games or yeah, whatever. I mean, cause you're going to get scalpers no matter what. Like, whether, like, they're actually, like, um, being, like, very, um, uh, implied about it? Yeah, whether they're being jerks about it, whether yeah. they're douches about it, or whether they just, uh, just are people that use it to make <laughs> the, a living. The word, which in t- of itself, the, the word that pops into my head, I'll, yeah. I was trying to... Not say... A, you're trying to keep our explicit tag from not popping Cause up Because I've, I've had to censor myself once. Yeah. So, we um, actually bleeped you. I remember that. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because, Douche you can say. I've heard on TV. Oh. Well, I, I would have said that if I had known. Well, I, I said it for you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, well, anyway. So you, <laughs> so you get scalpers no matter what. Like, we, um, Jason and I, we've been going to Comic-Con like, for a few years now. Uh-huh. And every year, like, we... Well, like, usually I'm always, like, my brother and I are always in line to get, like, a... Like a limited edition, like Ninja Turtle, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you always get like this one person, like in front of you, go like, "Oh, can you buy like three for me?" And then half the person behind me, "Oh, can you get three for me?" Like for this other thing, and they'll yeah. buy like, they'll pretty much buy like the whole stock. Like I was in line this last year; they were selling a, like a Legend of Korra like picture frame, like of like the family or something. Right. And um, I think they only had like, um, they had like a good like maybe thirty or something every single day. Yeah. And they did, but for whatever reason, they didn't have like a limit to how many you could buy. Like, there was one person behind me that just wanted one. And then, like, maybe four or five people in front of me, you see, like, one guy, like, come out with, like, his arms just full, like, sky high of just, like, the yeah. portraits. And then has, like, two other friends, like, helping him carry the rest. And then they get there, and then they're all sold out. But see, that creates buzz. Someone walks by and goes, it sold out that fast? Oh, I should come back tomorrow. No, no, yeah. I know, yeah, but it just looks for that person. Oh, it does, it does. No, yeah, no. no but I'm, I'm kind of doubling back to what you were saying earlier. About how it's still building, like it must. The stock investors must be happy. Oh, yeah. It's probably true because, like, this oh, is yeah. how they sold the Wii. Yeah, because I mean, from the business side of it, like, oh, we are selling out of this product. Problem is, they are leaving. As we talked about the glass episode, they're leaving money on Not the table. Not the way it was intended. Yeah, they're leaving they're money still... on the table. Yeah, but but it's funny because, like, this is how they did the Wii. The Wii was most likely artificially limited in supply, and the hype lasted three years as a result. The problem is Nintendo isn't able to manage it as well this time. Probably because it wasn't intentional this time. But And the, and the funny thing is, like everyone's like, oh, Nintendo of America, just, just put purchasing limits on your items. I don't think people realize Nintendo can't tell Best Buy only sell one per person. That's Best Buy's call. When they have the inventory, they sell however they want to yeah, sell. And even then, um, they're... 
was gonna say. Unless Nintendo, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like even if like websites have like purchasing limits, like it still doesn't stop scalpers because they could just multiple like, accounts, IP changing. Yeah, like they could. I mean, if they want, like they could use yeah. friends and family. They could give them all their credit card information, just use their accounts, and just tell them, like, oh, just buy it for it me. It slows just down some people, but it doesn't slow down the true diehard. Like I'm gonna troll yeah, the Selena like, fan. Yeah, like if someone really wants to get that many, there, there's always ways. Like you, yeah. Unfortunately, like you can't really stop them. Yeah, and it's so weird that like you can't do anything. It's so weird that this is what we've mainly been talking about for the last few because like, Amiibo's still an yeah, issue. And, and, On top of all this, Amiibo's still an yeah, issue. And I mean, like, and if they wanted to take it, like in Nintendo, like let's say, like in the hypo- like hypothetically, they would just want they want to end the scalpers. Like they want to just like like destroy these people that yeah. um spend already thousands and thousands of dollars on them and make all their inventory worthless by releasing like a ton of Wii Fit trainers, a ton of whatever. Yeah, but then like they might end up running the risk of not. Actually selling, selling all, them. all of them. It's it's a tough situation. It, it's funny because there was... I don't know how much truth there is behind this. Probably not a lot. But there was a guy on the Amiibo subreddit who is a store manager, or so he claims. And he was talking to a Nintendo rep, or so he claims. And the rep was basically saying... And it makes sense if you think about it, so I'm going to go ahead and believe it. Just because it literally makes perfect sense. Nintendo's not used to the collectible world, and they're not used to the toy world. They did not anticipate the scalper scene the same way that, like, a booth at Comic-Con knows to limit the number of items. Or, like, a toy company knows no, to yeah. release them in batches and not everything at once and never produce no, them yeah, that, that's every... Yeah. Every but, toy company that no, makes collectibles knows this. No, even, like... Yeah, I mean, I... I encounter this all the time with, um, yeah. like, the current line of Ninja Turtle toys. Like, there were some that were really hard to come by, like, just not like, oh, everyone's going to want Neutralizer, or everyone's going to want sure, like, yeah. Slash. But I think the worst ones, I think, like, the, probably the most expensive and, like, highly collected toys are still probably Transformers, because right now they're still mm-hmm. releasing, like, these masterpiece figures. And, like, I remember I went to Toys R Us the day they came out, and um, they were sold out, and then the store employee told me, like, one of the employees told me that, like, half of the employees themselves... Like, they all, like, dip, got dibs on one. Of course. And then they all got dibs for their friends. So, there was a... He said there was only, like, maybe one on the shelf. Mm. By the time, like, they actually put them out, and it was, like, yeah. Of course, so, yeah. That, and that... And, you know, we, that happens with GameStop when and even, there's and games that are low supply. Because games have this issue, And that's too. why New is worth, like, 100 bucks, like, on right. retail. And right. It's, yeah. So yeah. Crazy. No, it's it's such a weird situation. And then, like, like I was saying, even Amiibo's still happening. I don't understand. Okay, in the case of Amiibo, I gotta, again, give Nintendo a little credit. There's two situations going on with Amiibo. On one side of it, you have Target supposedly, reportedly, like, cancel listing Fox and Samus as the latest Amiibos to be permanently discontinued, which actually matches the rumors we mentioned a couple weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. Well, we see a ton first of, of all, everyone. yeah, okay, first of all, first of all, just to be clear, right. that was a rumor we read and just regurgitated and labeled as such, but it just happened to turn out that two out of three were right. But if that's true, if it, if that report's true, which I assume it is because they had a screenshot of the inventory system, why who why would you fake that? But um, actually, I know why to prank mm-hmm. people to, to create. Fake. But okay, let's so let's say that is happening. Let's give it credit. Um, that does match previous rumors. That does seem likely. So that's happening. But then on the other hand, Nintendo is trying to sort of set things right because you have Nintendo trying to calm everyone down. But no, 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 no. Don't don't worry. We're gonna say words at you, and they'll somehow make you feel better. In this case, they went to the top and they got Reggie to comment on it. So Reggie was talking to the Seattle Times. In an interview, like a holiday interview, and they did ask him about like why are some easier come by than others, and he responded by barely saying anything. Actually, he said just enough to make it seem like Nintendo's noticed, but not enough to say they're going to do anything about it. Here's the direct quote: "We're looking hard at addressing that opportunity. We don't want to lo- uh, leave any opportunity uncovered with those figures." Hmm. Okay, so are you going to do anything? He's basically he's like, yeah. We know. Yep, we're, we want the money. 
Uh huh. Not my problem. Not my. Yeah, I'm not buying Amiibo. Not my problem. But uh, yeah, but the funny, the funny thing is, uh, Seattle Times went on to say that he also was like, it's basically a matter of balancing supply and demand, which goes back to what we were saying about Nintendo's kind of new to this. Maybe they don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it's, only, and you, and what you and your point about how you they might overstock now. And yeah, the only other thing I could think of is like, I, I mean, obviously this probably won't work, but if everybody that like really is like disliking like the scalping price, yeah. Just don't buy them. Like, just... Yeah. I mean, you guys are essentially creating the demand. Yep. So if you don't buy them, they're basically forced to lower the prices. And honestly, like, you shouldn't really pay more than 30 bucks for any Amiibo if you are going to have to, like, resort to that. They're Be- not that high quality. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, well, n- not only that. I mean... Yeah. I- I'd-, I'd argue, like, they'd-, they'd be worth, like, if we didn't know their actual price, like, around, like... Actually, some of them are worth fifteen bucks because I think there was a store that sold them for fourteen ninety nine. Was the rest marked them all up a dollar? I didn't notice that after I bought it. Yeah, well, thirteen. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, if you like, if you really want like your Marth or whatever, just import it from like France or something, and it will still cost like thirty bucks total with like shipping. But here's the thing about those: on the bottom of the figurine, it has different symbols because they have the American FCC stuff here because they have the chips, so then you get electronic verification. Mm. So it has FCC on the bottom here, and over there it has the EU's uh, symbols. Oh, yeah. Well. So if you're really like OCD, that might make a difference to you. But if you're not, do it, Jose said. I agree. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the thing they have is the CE in Europe. Because yeah, what I feel like, well, at least like from some of the people I know, the ones that really want like a particular figure are the ones that just want like the Marth to have. To have Marth, yeah. Yeah. And at that point, like, even if you just keep it in the box, like, sure, you'll have like some extra writing on the side. But I don't know. Yeah. That might even be a little cooler. Like, if you have to import one from Japan, it might just be cool to have, like, it would, the it Japanese would. writing. Yeah. I think just, as long as you have, like, the character, I mean, don't, don't, just don't pay more than 30 bucks if you really have to. And that's including the shipping. That's what I'm saying, 30 bucks. Because right. you will have to pay that over the seas shipping cost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is kind of funny that, like, I mean, Nintendo does yeah, seem to be aware. Yeah, this is a situation. I can't believe, yeah, you know, I, it, it's occurring to it's me kind now. It's kind of surreal. Like, before, like, the Amiibo came out, I didn't think it was going to be this crazy. But now, like, I'm no. even, like, right now I'm thinking, like, man, like, I'm starting to feel lucky that I was able to pre-order the first three waves, right. like, except for Rosalina. But I'm thinking, and, like, and, like, man, and, like, and, and face-melting Ike, based so, on those new screens. So now it's like, man, when wave four comes out, it's like, I feel like I'm going to have to be, like, even more on top of it. Because I just, I didn't even, like, go right when they announced it. It was more like, oh, I went home, I just saw it, and then pre-ordered Yeah, it. And, and as we know, as I've talked about before, I didn't. But you know what I find insane? So one thing, uh, A, it looks like Nintendo is aware of this, at least. Reggie's commented on it. They know whether they're going to do anything is another thing. But they know... Between this, the Zelda stuff, I'm confident Nintendo's going to get their act together in that regard. But you know what I find... Or maybe just go back to not really think limited edition. No, hopefully they keep doing it, because I actually really like it. And I'm happy I got the Majora's Mask on the edition. Like, I did not get Wind Waker, and that really bummed me out, so I'm actually quite happy that I was able to... A little bit of a brag here. I got it! But no, I'm I'm very excited for it. But, uh... Even though we don't have a release date, which hopefully Nintendo Direct will address. But what I just realized when you were talking about, like, you didn't expect this to be a big deal, is there's an irony to all this that we kind of didn't really notice. Like, all... Up till now, all we talked about is Nintendo's sales woes, right? Like, when the Wii U came out, we were talking about, like, poor sales numbers. You know, Wii U's bombing in its first year. 3DS has been down in the past year. Then, the numbers changed, right? Then this year, things were looking up. And we sort of t- took note and moved on. Like, that Seattle Times interview, we didn't even talk about it. But in the interview, they were ta- Reggie was making a point, and they were talking about it in the story, how software sales have doubled year over year. Hardware sales are up 40%. Uh... Nintendo's on track to be profitable year over year as a whole year, which they haven't done for a few years. Um, this holiday's a really important one for Nintendo, Reggie was saying, and the thing is, uh, 
their momentum stronger than it was a year ago and they're confident that's actually going to be a really good holiday and it's an extra important one because it's a make or break year. So like all this stuff is super good news, right? But in the time that we usually talk about Nintendo sales being horrible and the Wii U bombing, we're instead talking about, look, they're, cover- they're recovering. We're going, oh my god, I can't get Amiibo. They're selling too well. Oh my god, GameCube adapters are, there's more demand than supply. How did they not anticipate that? Oh my god, I can't, like, the Majora's Mask limited edition is so popular, scalpers are buying it? Ah, popularity in Nintendo, I don't like this. So either we're complaining that Nintendo's sucking in sales, or we're complaining that Nintendo sales are so good that we are having a hard time getting stuff. There's no happy <laughs> medium here. We're either like, oh, dude, I... Nintendo's, Nintendo's having, they're, they're in trouble. Or we're like, oh, dude, I'm they're in never, trouble. I can't get it. They're never not in trouble, essentially. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's just like, it's kind of ironic. Because well, we yeah. don't spend the time going, Nintendo's recovering. We're, we're literally just like, they suck or we suck for not being able to get what, like, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's considering funny. they're new to this market, eventually maybe they could create, like, the infrastructure yeah. to just manufacture these toys or maybe... But even not just the yeah. toys, like Majora's Mask. No, what, like, no, what's it, just yeah. in general. I mean, like, they have to manufacture these figure statue somehow yeah I, mean. I think I honestly think Majora's Mask wouldn't have been a big, as big of a deal if the Amiibo frenzy didn't the happen Amiibo first momentum. yes because there is now a known climate around Nintendo products of craziness of total <laughs> chaos and sellouts and like yeah when that happens scalpers take note and come over to the Nintendo side where they normally oh, yeah, didn't care. They, yeah. yeah. So it's just like, it, it kind of like, it's self-perpetuating. It's like a... They're like the yeah. shark and they smell the blood. Exactly, exactly. But I just find it so funny that we like, we probably the last like, up until this year, like the 18 months of this podcast, we're just like, oh, Nintendo's doomed. Man. Well, we didn't say they were doomed, but they're struggling. They need to turn around the Wii U. Yeah, and now we're like, Nintendo's doomed. No, we never actually said doomed because they have a war chest and they have ways to turn around. But I was like, oh, Nintendo will eventually re- like rebound, but it, it's tough. And now we're like, Oh man, it's tough. Not because the Tesla having trouble, but because they're doing too well, and now we're having trouble. Like it's just—I know I said that a few different ways, but I just find it so funny. So, um, so now that we've complained about Nintendo a bunch, we might as well talk about the fun side. Of Nintendo. I mean, there's no doubt. I said this kind of earlier, but speculating about Nintendo's stuff in the future is always really fun. I feel like more so. I mean, obviously, talk about games you know about and be like, "Oh, it's cool how they do this. It's cool." And obviously, playing the games is fun and sharing impressions of the games. But there's something special. To me, at least, about the crazy speculation that pops up whenever the new console cycle, rumor cycle, revs up. You know what I mean? Like that frenzy, like when the revolution was first announced, it was like, what's it going to be? Like there's like, it's like kind of a frenzy Star Fox in a different way. Yes, that was, I can't believe we did a whole episode about that rumor. It was a slow news week. Uh, but yes, yeah, so with that said, let's talk a little bit about Nintendo's future. Like the real future, not, not what's coming this year, but like their next system. So we talked two weeks ago on the last episode about a report out of Japan that they're using freeform screens from Sharp for their next something. Handheld is what the report said. The report was a Japanese news agency that's reputable, supposedly. Uh, the Sharp thing makes sense. They work with Sharp on 3DS. And coincidentally, these very same freeform displays happen to pop up at the Consumer Electronics Show, aka CES, just this past week in Vegas. So we have a link on the blog post to an article on The Verge that has photos of these screens, and they look really, really awesome. They're in all these different... Did you... You probably didn't see them, but uh, I could maybe pull them up. But basically, they're different shapes, like, literally. So there's a round one that's probably like a... They were used in the example of a car dash, but Nintendo would presumably be using them for something else. Rumor has it's going to be like a donut with a hole in the middle. So there's one that's like a circle, which would be like a speedometer. There's some that are like, uh, you know, like... squared off there's some that go around knobs it's it's kind of cool there's a screen that's round on top and square on the bottom there's one screen that has three circles and then like these flowy lines in between them that's also a screen 
there's one that's like a whole car dash complete with like the air conditioner knobs and buttons kind of protruding into the screen and the screen just morphs around them. Like these things are Rolling? fully, yes. Oh, cool. They're fully customizable shapes. So this, this is what the rumor is. So for those listening, go to that link and check it out. This is the rumor, the rumored screen that Nintendo's going to use. And the thing is, the rumor said, like I said, it's going to be a donut shape. And at the time, they, and they used the word handheld. And the thing is, we, when we talked about two weeks ago, went, I think both of our reaction was what? Because we took it literally. Oh, a handheld. We've come to realize, and most of the internet has probably come to realize and talked about, the fact that it might not be a handheld. Maybe the rumor isn't 100% accurate. Because you know what this could very easily be? A round screen like that with a hole? A bracelet. A wearable. Part of, quality of life, uh, yeah, part of the quality of life platform. Imagine, if you will, that's a full screen that works as a tracker bracelet that has all the accelerometers and sensors you need and it uploads to your QOL uh, profile. Because QOL, as we discussed in the past, really the platform is just a cloud service that Nintendo's going to hook things into. And have one central profile for you and that sort of thing. Not profile like you log in type of thing, but like it will learn about you from different devices and give you advice on how to improve yourself daily off of that. So this could be a bracelet. That would make sense. Alternatively, let's get crazy. Why not? Why couldn't this be the next home console? controller maybe maybe instead maybe instead of a wii u 2 with like a full-on gamepad maybe they're gonna have a traditional controller with a screen kind of filling in the gaps between the buttons maybe they're going more original ds where like let's say you have a weapon loadout or let's say you have a map or let's say you have you know something little like that that's not gonna be like the gamepad where they as we were talking about earlier don't necessarily know what they're doing with it all the time it's just like here's some additional information to remove the clutter of the hud on your tv on your controller in between the buttons and you just look down there it is they can put a big circle in the middle they can literally morph the screen around the controller so you can have your joystick on you know the control stick on one side the buttons in, on the other side and above star and select almost ps4 style with the touchpad they could put a screen but in a custom shape or something the possibilities are really endless i feel like and i think that'd be super cool if they did something like that if they kind of bridge together the pro controller and the gamepad into one controller because there is this weird thing like why does the wii u have eight thousand different control inputs yeah. So if they like morphed them into one thing that kind of takes the gamepad idea, it could be cool. And the screens are certainly able to do it. So so I think like I think right now is going to be a really, this year is probably going to be a really interesting time for Nintendo because like I said a minute ago, it gets crazy when there's new rumors of consoles and handhelds. Like the fact is when these screens showed up at CES, which by the way are touch screens, I believe they're not just screens; they're touch screens in any shape. But when these screens showed up, um, everyone's like, oh, that's bizarre. And then they pop up at CES, and The Verge tells this headline, these could be the screens Nintendo's using for their next handheld. You're like, wait a minute. They can go absolutely crazy. And I mean, when the revolution was first announced, people were going crazy. Remember Nintendo On? It was in 2005, 6, right before the revolution became the Wii. A video came out showing what was a virtual reality headset, and this was going to be the future of Nintendo, and people were debating whether it's real, whether it's fake, it was fake, it looked fake, but some people were like, well, maybe it's a fake out, maybe it is real, but they'd make it look fake just to get buzz, that sort of thing. And that technology wasn't really mainstream at the time, but now VR's everywhere. Screens that come in all shapes and sizes, there are all sorts of revolution controller ideas that had screens or had weird button configurations or just look strange. Those are now possible. There was a rumor of the Wii having, Revolution having a controller you take apart and put together in different configurations to do different things. Funny enough, you know what popped up at CES last week? A controller called the Lynx 9 by Mad Cats that you take apart 
and put together to do different things. It works with different. It works as a tablet controller, and a phone controller, a computer controller, and you just morph it around the object you want to use. So, like all these rumors that people used to be like, "Oh, this is crazy. Nintendo can never do it." Those are now doable. Nintendo, like this console cycle in particular, this rumor cycle can be absolutely insane and really, really awesome and fun to speculate about because the sky's the limit for once. They aren't held down by technology. VR is here. Uh, crazy screens are here. Controllers that do a bunch of different things are here. Tablets, like they did with the gamepad, but maybe not as chunky, are easy to do. Like, they have so many potential possibilities. And we don't know if it's a handheld, we don't know if it's a console, we don't know what they're doing with quality of life. But whatever it is, it's going to be super, super interesting. It's probably going to be really, really, really fun to speculate about and talk about. And I think these next year, two years of Nintendo is going to be, it's going to be a fun time to be a fan. Because we're on an up and up with Nintendo in terms of their sales. We're on up and up in terms of their games, the library, they're knocking out of the park. And now they have crazy rumors about all sorts of stuff. I mean, just, just to give you an idea, just the other day, AMD confirmed they're making an x86 chip for a, quote, next-gen console that's launching in 2016. Here's the thing. PS4 and Xbox One are going to be three years old in 2016. There's no possible way it's them, which leaves who? Nintendo. So we are definitely on the start of the path to the crazy rumors of what Nintendo's doing next and all the fun speculation that comes with it. I feel like this is the speech I should, the soapbox I should have hopped on in our New Year's episode, but whatever, it's two weeks late. But fact of the matter is, I'm really excited for 2015. Not just what Nintendo's delivering with their games, but the crazy fun rumor mill that comes with new consoles. So that, that, I'm done. I just wanted to share all that. I kind of, I started going and I couldn't stop. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It was one of those things where I just like, I just started talking about, I'm like, oh my god, wait a minute, and it just like, kept going. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this year. Like, even if some rumors don't pan out, there's just so much fun in talking about it. So, so expect, we're not going to cover, for the record on podcast, we're not going to cover crazy unsubstantiated stuff. We'll cover the legitimate stuff that gets reported. But I have a feeling we're going to have a lot weird conversations. A lot of weirdness is going to happen along the way. It's going to be kind of fun. I think I could be disappointed. I don't even know what I'm... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> he's, he's tearing up for my wonderful soapbox moment. <coughs> it, it really moved him deeply. Very deeply. <laughs> we normally have water. This would have been a good time to drink some. I mean, you could go get some. No, of course. I can... You should have gotten some while I was going on my rant. No. You were very nice to not interrupt. <laughs> I will dump it out. <coughs> um, I don't know. I don't even know like. What I'm looking forward to now, because I'm like sure, like all, like everything like that's coming out that we don't know about sounds exciting, but I don't know. I guess in the short term, or at least like for now, I feel very content with Smash Brothers. We've had so many games that have come out. We have like Toad, Bayonetta. Like I played a good amount of them, but yeah, it's like I, Smash Brothers is just hard. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And then, and the I, thing I feel is... like it's gonna be at least like another month or two until like. Uh, well, that's good because you know what happens in a month or so? Uh, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse comes out. So there you go. It'll line up perfectly. I don't know. I feel like probably until Monster Hunter. Just because like, I was going to say, like, oh, it'll probably be like a month or so before um, I get to that point where I'm just playing, like, like just like, on like Only for Glory, just like just against Elvis. But, like, that's already what we're doing. Like, they, I don't know. They kind of streamlined it to the point where I'm already, like, from the very beginning, I was already just playing the one on ones. Right. And, I don't know, I just... But, yeah, I mean, I mean, I get what you're saying. In terms of, like, game releases, yeah. I, it can hold and, you yeah, but, and But I, I just personally, like, as I kind of made clear, I just personally, like, speculating. Like, it was so fun when the Project Cafe stuff, which became the Wii U, got leaked a month before E3, and everyone's like, what? 
what? And like all these little tidbits came out. Like, is that true? Could that be real? Like I love the whole the game of it all. I guess I can always just hope that Rhythm Heaven will pop up in some way, shape, or form. You never know. They have surprises for the Wii U this year. Okay. I, I, I like how I'm like, yeah, next console. Oh, it's going to be crazy. And you're like, but, but I like my current console. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Whoa. That was your table. Yeah. Uh, actually, I wouldn't even mind, um, like, Rhythm Heaven, like, at least, like, I actually managed to play the first one in its entirety. So, like, between all three games, like, they're... I, they're pretty much the exact same game. Yeah. The gimmicks don't really change all that much, if anything. It's just so fun that you don't really mind. And what I can see them doing for the Wii U is kind of like, um, remember Game & Wario, how every time you start a game, it shows like a cartridge flying from your gamepad to the TV? Yep. I can see them doing a lot of rhythm games where like, oh, travel, something will travel from like the between. TV to the gamepad and like that little no man's land area between your TV and gamepad is pretty much what you have to time your rhythm to because it's all the rhythm based. That actually is a good use of the two screens. So like I'm kind of thinking of like that Forks game that kind of came from yeah. from from Fever. It's like oh they're flicking the the P to you and then it comes to your gamepad yeah. and you have to like time it just right. Like that's like something that I could see them easily doing like for a rhythm based game because you don't really need them to sync perfectly because you're listening to the rhythm anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just for flair. And I don't know. That just reminded me the whole how Rhythm Heaven Fever... Like, how did we get on Rhythm Heaven? <laughs> I don't know how this happened, because I made a con- like I was like, yeah, next console. You're like, I like Smash Bros. So you know what would be cool, Rhythm Heaven? <laughs> like, I have no problem. No, I was just saying, like, great. I, I, I just I don't like, know where we got here. No, I was just... That, I didn't that would know, be something I, I didn't know what, you yeah, what I'd be excited right. about, and that's the only thing that would. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Monster Hunter, I'm really excited for. Like, Majora's Mask, I'm excited to play. Oh, and, of course, this properly. year's the new the new 3DS. Although, if these rumors of another well, yeah, handheld I mean, in 2016... Like, I, but, I mean, like, I'm already, like, that shift's kind of filled for me. You it's, just got the XL, It's yeah. going to be, like, you and Elvis. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited. I don't know if I'm going to get the XL or the regular. That's the problem. I know. The regular's bigger I know he's going to get the regular for sure, because he doesn't really like playing Smash Bros. on my XL. Right. So, he's... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I like the XL or the regular button yeah, I mean, colors. You, you, you already have a, a an XL in pretty decent condition. No reason I have two big consoles that size. Might as well get an in between so you could kind of have a little. Bit have of one of every size. So, maybe. so, so you could take your picture. We have like the regular, the medium in the middle, and then the XL. Well, now if I put this on Instagram when I buy it, you're gonna someone's gonna like comment on and be like, "Hey, that was Jose's idea." Because we have podcasts. I, 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 would, I, I would never do that though. So. You wouldn't, but it's your idea, and you said it on air. Well, Someone's going to call me out. I'm going to do it. I, I mean, I would want you to if do I, it. If I get the regular, I'm still torn. But yeah, um... Then again, I guess it's not beyond Yeah, and we don't know everything. I, and we don't... What? Not to, but I guess it's not beyond me to pull something off like yeah. that. Considering, like, how I took a picture of, like, the Ninja Turtle boxes. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, and just... Yeah, and tweeted that out just... Yeah, just recently. Um, what was I going to say? But yeah, I feel like 2015... Yeah, if they did Rhythm Heaven, I know you'd be in Heaven. Rhythm Heaven. Ha! But, uh... Ha! Ha! But, yeah, I feel like this year is just going to be an interesting year for Nintendo. It's going to be a good year for Nintendo, I feel like. Uh, they they have good momentum, and rumors are fun. And let's talk about what we're playing. That's pretty much it for news. Or I, I should say what you're playing, because I haven't gotten much new stuff lately. I'm still going, I'm still trekking through Captain Toad. It's been a um, really... I, I should mention, I threatened to use a Toad voice before, and I was about to do it right now. But I held back. I was about to go like, ha-ha, as like Toad, like his little raspy. My horrible Toad. I held back. I, I'm, I am strong-willed. You are. So you played three games. Yeah, it's, um, it's been weird. Like, these games, like, I... One's really know, old. Yeah, one I really <laughs> wanted to play for a long time, never knew when I was going to get the opportunity. Another one I kind of just bought on a whim. Like, I knew at I was going to get it eventually. Yep, at 2 a.m. And the other... Wait, oh, yeah. And the other one... You also bought on a whim. <laughs> yeah, I also, like, it was a game like, I'll get it eventually. And then, um, because of the the whole Nintendo Deluxe Digital promotion, like, oh, I had five bucks, and so I just used it on that. 
Yeah, fair warning to those of you out there who are part of that. Uh, you lost your chance to earn new points, and you have till March thought... 31st to turn your points into uh, I thought they extended it to... No, everyone misunderstood, and GoNintendo misreported, and no one bothered correcting it on the site. What it said was you can um, redeem your points by March, by April 1st. Redeem on the eShop, not redeem into oh, credit. Oh, so pretty much I'm done then. Yes. What you can do is click... Turn my points into five dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not that. generating points. That's where people are confused. Yeah. Yeah, that's over with. Right, so I guess we'll start, we'll start with the simplest one. Um the one, first one that Jason mentioned that I bought at two AM was Duck Hunt. We're playing Smash Bros. For Wii U. The virtual console yeah. version. That that one I did want like as soon as like they announced it, I'm like, Oh, I wanna play Duck Hunt with like the Wii Mote. I kinda wanna buy a zapper attachment. Yeah, especially because you could turn off the cursor, which is nice. Yeah. Cause this unlike most virtual console games, I played it too, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trample over what you're gonna say. I'm just gonna say this, unlike most virtual console games, Nintendo actually enhanced because you don't have a zapper, so they had to make it work with the Wii remote, which means there's a cursor, but you can turn off the cursor and then just kind of aim by sight. Yeah, because with the cursor on the whole time, it's super it, easy. Yeah, yeah, and it gets kind of boring pretty fast. Yeah. But um, without the cursor, it's kind of but yeah. What are your thoughts fun. on it? Because you you played it. Right? Um, yeah, I've already played through. I guess. Well, basically, it would be the whole game. Like, cause there's, there's so you like played for about of, 20 minutes, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an NES game. I don't know, it's really fun. Like, I, it kind of it makes me appreciate, like, once again, like, Smash Bros. music. Because, um, like... <laughs> Everything Smash Bros. and rhythm having. Well, no. <laughs> well, because, like, when I was playing Duck Hunt, like... Or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's, like, three seconds long. Then they have, like, that little intro where the dog is walking, and then when you like, finish that, it... Ha, 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 sound effect, yeah. And then, um... Oh, you mean the duck's quacking? No. The you mean the laughing? I don't know what I meant, but it does like right when it starts when he ducks into the bushes, it does, or right before he ducks into the bushes, it does like a. Uh, 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 ha, ha, ha. That was well, the dog barks like woof 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 or something. Maybe it's that. Well, anyway, I should bust out Toad and redeem myself right now. <laughs> okay. I don't know. So I guess like those little like little clips. I don't know. It just amazed me how like they managed to turn like that into a whole remix like out of basically nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I mean. That, that, that was just... It was just nice seeing Duck Hunt. It was fun shooting the ducks. It's really accurate. Like, I was actually, like, trying to aim. Like, I shot the bullet once, and then I saw it was... I don't know. I guess it's really hard to describe because I was trying to move my wrist to what I would assume would be, like, okay, it's at the center of the screen. I'm going to try to point at the top right, mm-hmm. like, where this duck is going to be. And I actually got him, and I, I don't know. That just kind of gave me, like, a little, like, whoa, that's awesome. That, it's almost like the game, because I tried to... It's, like, to... overly sensitive, but... Not too much. I don't know. It was just. It's almost like your eye is falling and cursor that isn't there. Like, because you play with the cursor, you get used to it. Then you turn off the cursor, and your eye just kind of goes where the cursor would go. Like it mat. Like you, you naturally, yeah, like you, subconsciously you, match your hand movement to your eye movement. So yeah, you know exactly. You, you definitely need to shoot like pretty much a waste of shot because um, yeah. unless you have only like, the first time though. Yeah, because like unless like you have like the zapper peripheral, or I guess, oh I mean yeah, well unless you were playing with the original zapper, or you're playing with like the little plastic gun peripheral. It's really hard to, like, figure out where your cursor is initially. That No, it, even with the plastic zapper that came with the Wii, it's going to be equally hard. Because that zapper doesn't actually do anything except put it in a case. Like, well, there's no scope or sight. Well, no, no, well, that's like, but um, what I'm getting at is it's more comfortable. Because, like, when, you're, oh, yeah, yeah, cause when you're holding the gun, like, with the... I mean, if you're holding the Wii with the plastic gun attachment, yep. it's either to hold it up kind of in front of your face and, like, kind of aim. But when you're pointing it up, like, a TV remote, it's like... I don't know, it's harder to figure out where my cursor is initially. Right, right. I mean, after you shoot, it's perfectly fine. 
But when you do shoot, like, the cursor appears for a few seconds and it goes away. So you still, like, if you shoot fast enough, your cursor will stay there forever. It gives but... you bearings, basically. Yeah, and I mean, and I guess they also threw in the ability to control, like, the ducks. That's well. shockingly fun, given how simple it is. Yeah, I mean, you you really just do left and right movements, but it does add, it actually does add a little extra challenge. Yeah, it's, yeah. and because so... basically, as player two, which is more I did, you're on the ga- player one's with the Wiimote, player two's on the gamepad and controlling the duck with the left control stick. The duck's flying around as it's going to fly around anyway, and you're basically saying, oh, maybe fly to the left now. Okay, now go right. Like, you don't really control its height. You don't really control its speed. You're just kind of flicking it around the screen. Yeah, but I mean, the but it is kind of cool. Yeah. It is fun. I was able to dodge you a few times. That's fun. And it has, like, the clay pigeon mode. And, yeah. yeah. Like normal Duck Hunt. It'd be nice if they included the versus Duck Hunt that came in uh, the arcade version, which we recently di- I recently mm-hmm. discovered is a thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, do you think it's worth five bucks? You bought it for five bucks. What are your thoughts on that? It seems kind of high. Yeah, I feel like two ninety nine. Would be like more fair, like this year. Or yeah, two, like one. No, two ninety nine, like two bucks off. I mean, how much is a standard NES game for Virtual Console in the eShop? Is it? Probably, is it five? Probably also five bucks. So I mean, I guess in the pricing scheme, Nintendo thinks is the appropriate. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Then well, it's fair. Well, yeah, because but... they're just going like it's an NES game. That's basically it. But yeah. I don't know. Compared to like say like a Mega Man game, like you're gonna be kind of over Duck Hunt like in one or two sessions. It's one of those games you kind of take out once. In a month, month like yeah. with a bunch of people, and you're like, "Hey, remember Duck Hunt?" And then you kind of play it, and then you're like, "Oh, well, that's placement." And then a month later, <laughs> "Hey, remember Duck Hunt?" Yes, we played it last month. We remember it, <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, like it's it, it's a I don't know, it's fun, but like there isn't really much to it. Yeah, that's true. I I will say though that um, I was gonna say something. I completely oh yeah, I don't know why they got so far. They already modified the ROM to do the cursor. They already modified the ROM to do two player. Make it an extra buck and throw on online leaderboards. Like, why stop when they stopped? Or, even better, they could have um, maybe thrown two and extra bucks and, make... and, and bundled it with, like, the other shooting gallery. Oh, yeah, if they did, like, um, I'll so say Gunman Clive. Is like, that Hogan Dally? Yeah, Hogan and... Dally and, um, uh, there's one more. forgot what it's called. Wait, is Hogan Dally the one with the mobsters? Wait, no, Hogan Dally isn't... Or is that the one with the barrel? That, that one's definitely a light gun game. Yeah. And, well, yeah, they should have just done a light gun collection the, for 9 or 10 and bucks. And then there's the sharpshooter one. They really should have just... But that done. one was an arcade cabinet, I think. It thing. was. It was. They really... Now I think about it, I don't know why Nintendo didn't do like the a collection. Gun. Yeah. Yeah, like an NES remix of shooting. Yeah. But yeah, so that's Duck Hunt. So it sounds like if you're a fan of Duck Hunt or you like controlling a duck left and right and up and down, probably check it out. Otherwise, get your friend to download and play their copy. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, your other games, there's more to them, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I guess sticking with the Wii U, um, this is another game that obviously seemed like a, a game I would get. It's called Kickbeat. It's a rhythm game. And it's like, I was just browsing the eShop. Uh, I know, every once in a while, I tend to just go to the um, new videos, and I just tend to watch a bunch of trailers. I just love watching trailers. Right, right. And I came across this game called Kickbeat, and I'm like, wait, there's a rhythm game, and I didn't know this existed. And I know I, I think I brought that up on the podcast once. Mm-hmm. And... It's really weird. The presentation is really weird. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's from the Zen Pinball guy. Yeah, right? so, Zen Studios. Yeah, that's like kind of the only reason, like the main reason why I bought it. This, I, this other rhythm game that I know about on the Wii U, but I don't know. You could kind of based, based, based on trailer and gameplay, like I could, I could tell it wasn't, wasn't gonna be that great. But Zen Studio, like I wouldn't buy a pinball game just because I can't see myself buying a video game version of a pinball game. Right. Unless it's like maybe Pokemon. Pokemon and, Pinball is like the best game. And even then, game. I still don't. So anyway, but like I love like the quality they put out. Like they have, they they do put out really good content and support it for a long time. Yeah. So I thought I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, 
this image is so weird and over the top. Well, essentially, you play this kung fu fighter who, like, he, he lives in a temple where they're, like, protected the sound. There's, like, this orb that is responsible for every kind of noise, music, everything. And I guess there's these ninjas that want to stop you. They have to stop them, like... What's kind of funny, too, like, actual, like, music with lyrics. So... Real stuff? Like, licensed stuff? or like No, made like, made-up stuff. stuff that... Like, Obis was watching me play it, and he was, like, his cringe meter was, like, probably, like, on 12 out of 10. He cranked it up not just to 11, but to 12. Yeah, like, he was, like, oh, my God, why'd you buy this game? Is it that bad, um, the music? I, I, I don't... I wasn't really listening to the lyrics. Like, he, he kept, like, repeating lyrics at me, like, like, like really, Jose, like this. Like, I don't remember what the lyrics were. Okay, I'm looking but, this up um, while I give your impressions. I'm going to read some select lyrics when, we get, when you're done with your impressions. And then, um... I don't know. I mean, yeah, I was just playing the game. Well, basically, the, how the game functions is, um, it's a, f- I was going to say a fighting game, but it's not. All right, so you have your character standing in the middle, and he's surrounded by a bunch of ninjas. Uh-huh. Um, you could think of it as a crosshair where you have the X, A, B, Y, and you're, like, in the center of the X, B, A, Y buttons. Sure. So if a ninja approaches you from the top, you have to press X to fight him. If a ninja approaches you from the left, then you press Y, and, and, and so on. So A for right, and for down and they like circle you and like to the beat of the music like you either you press a like a a a b b x y whatever wait so it's basically theater rhythm it's yeah it, but it's, in it's a just, circle yeah it, it's just disguising like it would yeah it's a guitar hero but instead of the notes coming off from the top you have right. like some coming from the top the left the right and the bottom and depending on the colors of the ninja it also determines the beat like red ones you have to hit them no blue one yeah, blue ones, you have to hit them, like, on a set B. Red ones, like, come out back-to-back. Mm-hmm. White ones are, like, offbeat and, like, so forth. Like, they... It mixes it up, and it's challenging, and, I mean, I thought it was fun. I mean, I wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics, or... It was just music at that point. So, um, by the way, it's real music. Oh, well, I didn't know. Pendulum's a real band. Cell a real band. Marilyn Manson is certainly a real musician. I'm not saying he's a good... He's a real person. P.O.D. is a real one. Papa Roach is a real one. You know that Last Resort song? The This Is My Last Resort of Kane the Bleeding, Cut My Eyes Bleeding, etc. It's from like the late 90s. It's like super emo. and Yeah, anyway, that's Papa Roach. Rob Zombie. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, there's real music in here. There's probably fake music too, but is it all like rock? Because these are all rock. It's, yeah, from so far it's all been like rock. I yeah, mean, the game is split into chapters. It has like, um, I guess cutscenes but they're like drawn but they're more like slideshows i mean it's i don't know it's you interesting sound, it, 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 interesting <laughs> never a good way of describing games no 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 no. the, the cutscenes oh oh i thought like, the game as a whole no 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 like the the production value like of the actual like in game and like i don't know like the, like i said like the game was actually really fun and i thought like the visuals like were just really cool because like you're pretty much playing on a stage like a yeah. theater stage and everything just kind of pulsates with the music like there's like cool effects you have like I guess what it would be the equivalent of, um, I guess in Guitar Hero, you know, like when you like tilt the guitar up, you go into like Rockstar mode or something. Mm-hmm. It's like everything's glowing, and every time you hit it, be correctly, you get like more points. There's like an equivalent of that where your character becomes all transparent, and it just looks really cool. And every once in a while, he'll do like a finisher move that just kind of like gives you like a little break. But I don't know. I, I thought it was really fun. Does it do anything with the gamepad? Mm-hmm. Is it even on the gamepad? <laughs> Does the gamepad have a screen active? I think, I think it just mirrors it. I remember oh, okay. it playing on TV. So the standard approach. 
Yeah. I Touch mean, screen? it's no. Um, I mean, it's nine ninety nine. I paid five bucks for it because of the deluxe edition promotion. Right, right. But I mean, I. Well, mm, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you sound so torn on it. Well, it, it, I guess it's only because of the whether you're gonna like the music or not. Like whether the type of music is something you would be okay with. If you're a fan of POD's "Boom," here comes the boom. I think that's the lyric. Go buy it. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a good rhythm game, but it's not like, um, like say, like Rhythm Thief or Rhythm Heaven, or even Theater Rhythm, where like the music variety is just like all over the place. Like there really isn't like a genre specific to it that anyone I feel like could just play it and just enjoy it as a game. But this one, since it's like kind of has a genre attached to it, it's like if you're like a fan of country and really don't like this, I can't really recommend it. If, yeah, if you're so if you're playing the rhythm game, game hoping I mean, to bust out a rave in the in the rave in the middle of it, EDM, Afrojack, and or if you really don't DJ. care and you just want a fun rhythm game to time like yeah. button presses with, and by all means, get it. How, how would you rank it? Like, cause you're you're a rhythm game fiend. I mean, you managed to turn a talk about Nintendo's next gen console that I was doing into a thing about rhythm heaven. So, uh, but how how would you rank it compared to other rhythm games? Like, if you had to do like a chart of 3DS rhythm games, you know, like Rhythm Thief, Theater Rhythm. Or not 3ds, 3ds and Wii U, Rhythm Thief, Theater Rhythm, this, sure Rhythm Heaven. Where do you think? Where would it go? I imagine Rhythm Heaven would be its own league, so we'll take that yeah, back out. That's like so how does this compare, like Theater Rhythm, Guitar Hero? That's the thing, though. Like I like rhythm games, but I don't really like Guitar Hero or any kind of like. Okay, so like like like, like 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 you're straight up like pretending to play an instrument. Okay, so like, versus rhythm, rhythm like like I, like like I just like games that you're just playing to a rhythm as opposed to you're trying to sure. emulate an instrument. So what about like um, Harmonite, I keep dragging dragging random. Yeah, like, yeah, like that. Like, How's like, this compared to Harmonite? Yeah, like, or like, like rhythm thief. Yeah, like Harmonite is like perfect because that's just like oh, it's a platformer, but you're playing it to the rhythm. Or rhythm or, thief, where it's like you're doing or puzzles. Or, or, or even um, Bitcher Burner to a lesser extent. Right. Because that one's like rhythm based. So now, repeat my question: How does it compare? Um, <laughs> I mean, like, how would you rank them? Because there's I mean, some that are like conservative. I mean, I mean, I don't want to like make it sound like it's a bad game because of this, but it would definitely be all the way at the bottom, like of compared to those. Because like, because Harmonite, I don't know, it was just really fun and different. It was. Um, rhythm Thief, I felt like had so much variety, like in the types of mini games. Yeah. Like this one, um, if anything, it would guess it would be like on par with um, theater rhythm. Yeah, with Theater Rhythm, because they're both kind of, like, Theater Rhythm has, like, three different types of games, but they're all basically the exact same thing, just done differently. And this is just, yeah. like, another variation of that. So, gameplay-wise, they'd be, like, on par with Theater Rhythm. Interesting. And, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Uh, actually, maybe even also, um, like, on a pure gameplay, um, no, no. I was going to say Elite Beat Agents, but no. no. Oh, Elite Beat Agents, I didn't even put in the same category, because yeah, to that- me, that's... To me, that's like god tier of like uh, that, that's rhythm like, games. That's like there's no beating that. To ever. me, there's like somewhere, like somewhere in the middle, like between like where rhythm heaven is in the sky. Sure. And then, yeah, like the beating is in the atmosphere, and then see everything else. Down see here. the atmosphere is higher than the sky, so I'll go ahead and take Fine. that. The yes, outside thank you, space thank you. Or whatever. Outside space, outer space. What's outside space? How they say it in the rumors. Oh, is it? Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, okay, fine. If if your if your rhythm has an out, outside space, then I'm just saying, leafy agents. Is all like, right, all right, there. I'm gonna do it right now. <laughs> I'll just give a top a top ten rhythm games. You don't need to do a whole top ten. 
It's funny though that like I started naming rhythm games, and the only reason I'm able to nail it off the top of my head because those were the good ones. I'm sure there's tons of bad ones. So, like it's kind of an unfair comparison for me to make you make. All right, for, so, you, for me to make you make. I was yeah. gonna list them. No explanation. So rhythm heaven fever number one, rhythm heaven DS number two, rhythm heaven Game Boy Advance number three, mm-hmm. then the beat agents. Okay. Then um, Harmonite. Okay. Then Rhythm Thief. Okay. Uh, what number am I at? I don't know. Am I supposed to be counting? You got like seven. Six. Seven. Six. That's the thing. Then Bitrip Saga. Sure. Well, the actually the original Runner. Bitrip. Okay. Then Bitrip Runner 2. Okay. And then I guess... Um, oh, then Theater Rhythm and then um, Kick Beat. You know what's actually probably really helpful? Because people that are into rhythm games will totally get... Your ranking, because those are all. I mean, because like, don't even like those are all good rhythm games, like including yeah. Kickbeat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rhythm games are a funny genre because there's only so much you can do, which is why things like Harmonite stand out because it does something different. Yeah, and honestly, like I would even probably put the um, Rhythm Thief a little higher just because that game. That was it, latent with music. It, it was um, it was like rhythm heaven mixed with latent because the yeah. style of rhythm games were essentially rhythm heaven games. Right. Right. Just with CG graphics and a story. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so Kickbeat basically, if you have five bucks, it's worth it. It's uh, worth if you have five bucks, well, that's including the... With the, the credit, that's what I meant, if you have five bucks in credit. Yeah. But would you recommend it for ten? I guess if you're a Wii U fan that needs a rhythm game. Yeah. Really, it's not it, like it's good, it's just not there, I, as good. <laughs> yeah, there really isn't anything else. It's one of those games where, like, if there's literally any other rhythm game that... Is better. It's better, like, you would get that, but since there isn't, that's definitely the next best thing oh that's a yeah. great recommendation this game is good unless there's a better game in which case it's not as good as that game <laughs> that's like that's every review in a nutshell <laughs> unless it's just, unless it's a 10 out of 10 that's every review of every Mario Kart 8 really good until well, no. 9 comes out and is better than 8 well no because I'm telling you like, no, if, I know, you, I know. Cause if you want to be the game I'm telling you to get it I know I'm taking your comment at face value I'm just I know yeah, yeah it's just. I mean funny. I'm not telling you to not get it and just sit on it yeah I mean well you can't sit on a digital thing anyway no, like, just sit on, like, thinking about it. I know, I know, I know. I'm picking up what we're saying, sorry. Okay, um, let's get out of this rut I put us in. <laughs> so, you also have been playing a game that came out a long time ago, and was quite controversial among fans for a while, and that, now, you've been wanting to get it for a while, right? And then you didn't want to pay full price for it, but then you found it for five bucks, and now you're the proud owner of Metroid mm, Other. Wasn't more it like, bucks? more like a long time ago, um... It was fifty bucks, Metroid of the Ram. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I didn't get it. Honestly, it had nothing to do with. I the, got it on launch day. Had nothing to do with the, with the backlash or anything. It just never got around to it. And then eventually, I remember seeing it in Best Buy when we were still in Santa Barbara for five bucks. Yeah. And then I don't know why I didn't get it either. I'm like, oh eh, wait. And then it was gone. And then I started popping up everywhere for fifty bucks new, like last week at. Target and Walmart is still brand new for $50. Yeah, I don't understand where they're coming from. Like, yeah, they're like, not printing them still. Do they have a secret warehouse where they just trickle them out like two shipments I know, yeah, time? like, they, they had to have, like, sold through their shipment at some point. Like, where are these new ones coming from? And here's the crazy thing. It's five bucks at Best Buy, like, every holiday season. Except yeah. this one. Like, last three or four years, I saw it for five bucks. I Instagrammed no, yeah. it, like, two years ago. And then I saw it again and again. Where are they? Maybe it's the same copies and they're just going in circles between all the Yeah, but some of these still shrink wrap, though. They're like, That's what I'm saying. Maybe they're the same copies oh. and they just never sell them. And Best Buy sells it to Target. And Target sells it to Walmart. And Walmart sells it to GameStop. And GameStop says, we can't even sell these. Whatever, make they, them used. Why are they sending them for 50 though? Like, where did that logic I have no idea. I have from? no idea. But you have it, nonetheless. Yeah, the point is, I went to GameStop the other day. I saw it, like, under youth 
everything like with the with the cover and everything for five bucks and I'm like, whoa, like I'm gonna get it. And <laughs> that's how that's how Jose makes all game purchases. He walks in and goes, Whoa, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Well, I don't see. I know. How's that like bad anyway? No, I just like like whoa, dude! I'm gonna get that game. But yeah, it's what do you think of it? Well, that's how it was in my head. To the average person just looking at me, I look. You just had a blank face. Yeah, it's like is he even happy that he got it? Why is he grabbing it anyway? Why is he? Why is he trying to break the box with his bare hands? No, yeah. So that game is really fun. Mm -hmm. It reminds me. It's like if. Metroid um, Fusion was remade into a CG game. A CG much... game? Wait, what do you mean by CG? Oh, like it computer has CG generated. Uh, it's all computer generated. Well, like you mean 3D? Yeah, 3D. Okay. Yeah, I see CG. It. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's what it's referred to. It's not sprite based. But sprites are made by. No, I know. Yeah, but that's just that's just how. I don't know. That's just how I always. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to nitpick that one. I know I've been kind of teasing you in the last few minutes, but that one wasn't intentional. He just upended the tea table. He's Miyamoto. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, so so, what, what? so you don't know about Miyamoto upending the tea table? I guess not. Okay, we are taking a deep... This podcast is taking weird turns in the last few We're minutes. really early on time anyway. Though. Not really. An hour 35 minutes. That's about average. Okay, so we'll get back to... Yeah, we'll get back to, to, talk about this, uh, this game. game. This game from seven years ago is probably one that Miyamoto upended the tea table about after the fact, even though it had nothing to do with it. Basically, there is a thing that when Miyamoto... is a, a saying within Nintendo. No, I'm not sure if it's true. That when Miyamoto disapproved, like they'd be making a game and they'd show it to Miyamoto who has to give approval because he's an executive, and he'd be like, No, you gotta do And he would quote unquote upend the tea table because he would say, No, 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 you gotta change all of this right now. You gotta do this instead of that. You gotta do this instead of the next thing, and trust me, it'll be a better game. So the developers were always like, Oh, we're afraid to show Miyamoto what we're working on because he might upend the tea table and force us to like start anew. So when you f- did a fake table flip motion just now, it made me think of that. That's what that is. He, ma- he makes jokes about it now, too. It's another thing. The upending the tea table. It's like when Miyamoto gets frustrated at how games happening. He's like, just do it differently. It's like upending everything they've done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that's the backstory of the great tea table upending. Oh. So Metro, Metroid other round. Let's try and get this back. All right. So, um, it's weird because like everything, um, I, all right. So I guess the transition to 3D space, like, yeah, like, um, yeah. Oh, I, I guess the trailer was a lot better than I thought it would be. Like they still have like the tight quarter. They, st- I don't know. I guess they have like this also like cool, like two thirds view at times. Mm-hmm. Isometric, and, yeah. Yeah, and like the only thing I thought w- that was gonna be um very handholdy was gonna be the auto aiming because whenever you're in the third person mode, um, Samus just automatically shoots at the at the enemy like no matter where they are as long as you're like facing in that direction whether right. they're like above you or below you and. Oh, that didn't really. I feel didn't detract from the game. It was. It just made it feel more arcadey than anything because you just kind of like you shoot like crazy and just like make sure you're always turning around in different directions. But what does get cool? What I said, what I really liked was um when you have to incorporate the the first person mode into into that same battle. Right. Where you actually have to aim at certain points and it becomes like a, like oh okay it's time like to run after like run out of the way and then I have to like go to first person mode and quickly shoot before like I run out of time to like before mm-hmm. I have to move to a safer place. No, no, I, I thought like the I thought they handled like that transition from like first person to three D just really cool. It's like combining the best of Metroid, like the cool like new perspective of Metroid Prime, but you're also still getting like the traditional platforming of like, yeah. Metroid because it's like super platforming. It's fine because I felt the same way about the game. Like when I bought it, I really enjoyed it, and then after that, all the negativity came out because people were like, "Oh, I don't like auto aiming. That's not Metroid. You have to aim." Or like, 
I don't like the storyline. It's like, okay, yeah, the story was a little... Yeah, I mean, the yeah. story... Yeah. But, uh, but, but, like, um, people, like, overlooked the good part by just highlighting, like, two bad parts. Yeah. And then the game got horrible rep as a result Yeah, because, like, that. the auto-aiming, um... I mean, like, yeah, I could see, like, how, like, people wouldn't like that, but... But given the but, but perspective it, it, shift, yeah, it, it had it, to do it. Yeah, it's kind of like... Um, yeah, because... Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It, it, you're playing with the Wiimote, like, only with the Wiimote. It wouldn't make sense to, um... You can't have the Nuxture connected because then when you're doing your side scrolling section, like, you can't really, like, flip the Wiimote up because you're holding the Nunchuck on one hand. And if it's already pointed forward, it's always going to be in first-person mode. Yeah. Like, I mean, because they were incorporating that, it was just part of the design that they just couldn't have. Which, of course, the the, the so because, critics say, well, why'd they have to incorporate that? But then it's kind of yeah, like, well, but, then it's not what yeah, they want. It's, but, but then, I, yeah. I don't know, but I thought, like, that just gave it a nice fresh take. Like, it wasn't designed for you to, like precisely aim at tiny enemies that you could dispose of in, like, two hits. Like, you're kind of... Like, if you have to spend that much time aiming to kill, like, those really, really weak enemies, then, I don't know, it's also kind of pointless. Yeah, no, I... I yeah, I I think... Thing is I think the game didn't get a fair shake. I think Metroid fans, the same Metroid fans who criticized Metroid Prime before playing it, but then loved it, went in with preset expectations and said, I'm not gonna like this because it's this Technicoe thing they made Samus this, like, to their credit, to the fans' credit, Samus became a very strange character who is, to me at least, this very strong, independent, like, yeah, she's this, like, super awesome bounty hunter, she does her thing, yeah, she happens to be a girl, whatever, but she's, like, this strong, independent character, and then they made it, like, this weird thing where it's like, oh, she has these daddy issues, and she has to ask permission to use her items. They needed to come up with a better gimmick than that. That, I think, that's what, that, what I got hung up on, was that whole, like, Oh, is it okay if I use my items now, Commander, who's kind of my dad, but kind of not? Like, not my dad, but kind of my father figure, but kind of not. But I'm a strong, independent woman up until this point, but now you're my father figure, so I have to ask you permission for everything. She's like, that's not what Sam said. I get it. It's a prequel. I get it. She, it's her commanding officer. I get that. But it's just such a jarring explanation. They could have, like, made something up. Some technological reason up. Like, that just seemed like a really weird way of doing it. That's my yeah, personal like with the... it. Like, the... Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird like, getting like this much narrative in a Metroid game. Usually, you don't really get too much. Yeah, also I she mean, talks like she's reading a novel. Yeah, <laughs> like but, well, I you know. could see his brow furrow as he got frustrated at me asking <laughs> not use the item yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, no, just show his face. <laughs> like I'm, no, no, like I, I thought that was funny, but yeah. like at the same time, like I just kind of thought of it like okay, I'm we're just reading like her memoirs after all this had already happened. And, yeah, but you're also seeing it like I don't know. I guess. But for a character who barely talked before, the yeah, amount of talking but, she suddenly um, seemed to need to do. Yeah, but I mean, like, the way she talks, though, like, does make it kind of seem like everything already happened. Yeah, she's she's retelling it, yeah, for sure. especially because, um, like, when she actually talks, like, in the game, she, like, well, whenever she's, like, talking, like, in her mind, um, yeah. she has, like, a very, like, monotonous voice. Like, yeah, it's, like, very monotone. Yeah, that's another weird thing. But <laughs> whenever she's talking, like, to a character in the game, like, she has, like, normal human talk. Right, normal <laughs> human, yeah, which again is something that I think was a stylistic choice by the developers, and again something yeah. I'm not sure if that's the best approach. Oh, I, I mean, I don't know. It, the monotone was just weird. Oh, like the talk. Like I get that they're trying to do two tones: one's narrative, one's like the on yeah, the, like, on the it, present, like whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> you know it's just funny. So weird. Like, like if instead of like they could have just had like a narrator saying like that whole monologue part, or they could just showed it like most no, no, video no. games. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah they, that that's the thing that got me. It's like his lip curled. It's like just show it curling. Why are you telling me? I guess, I don't know. I, I I guess it sounds like they no they did. They got like a it was like a who would not a director that would normally be someone for film. Did they? Yeah, they got like someone that 
with a movie director or like a movie producer, like something that has to do with storytelling, like in Wait, film. you think they did or they did? No, no, they did. Oh, so like From Japan. Japan. Yeah, so they had, like, this guy, like, step in, like, trying, like, to, like, pretty much direct this thing, like, it's a movie, but it's a video game. But see, you could do that successfully. I no, feel no. like Last of Us, it's, or Uncharted, has, like, cinematic moments, right? Where they're almost trying to be, like, movie caliber, but then they do it in a context, in a well, way that makes yeah. sense. Well, I think they just had a bad yeah, direction, well, that's all. Yeah, I don't think they tried to insert, like, just, like, I guess a lot of plot, but I don't know, it's funny, because, like, Mitchard Fusion also had, like, a lot of plot like but Sam is like so much better yeah like like <laughs> Sam is like whenever she's in an elevator like she just like talks like for a long time like, she vented when she was in those elevators yeah like, 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 her, like, like decompression the, the entire like tiny screen was like full of text that would like it would be like whoa like there's a lot to that, read you know that's why they invented the DS they made Metroid Fusion when it doesn't all fit <laughs> on one screen they're like we need two and then the DS was born yeah like, like there was a lot of narrative in that game yeah. and like it actually goes a lot into like not it does not, her backstory not, but it doesn't do it in the same like like, I don't know how it's about. It's almost like it was patronizing to her, but she was the one talking. Like, I don't know how better to describe it. You know what I mean, though? Like, it was kind of like... Like, it's almost like it was, she was, like, not talking down to herself. But there's, like, a weird vibe where it's, like, she didn't feel... Oh, yeah. You know what I no, mean? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. it's like she's... Yeah, it's like, as if she's patronizing herself. No, no, yeah. In, in, in Metroid Fusion, um, like, I remember, like, she was just talking about, like, how much she respected this general... Right, and that was whatever. normal. Yeah, like, it, it was just fun. Like, 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 okay, you understand, like, why she cares, like, why, like, she kind of feels out of the computer after, yeah. like, go or whatever. But, um, but in Metroid Other oh, M, like, I don't know, she, she thought, like, 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 oh, I never had, like much human content and I knew they were being supportive of me but the more supportive they were the more I felt I had to backlash at them and like prove myself like, to yeah be she stronger. was like a tween girl I rebelling was against a dad I was ignorant really. that's an actual thing I remember that yeah. yeah yeah that's what was so weird it's like this is a character who Nintendo like for a long time convinced people wasn't even a girl until the end of the original Metro and that was like a mind blowing like what but she's like what and then like they made her this super strong character and then all of a sudden they like backpedaled her hard it was very strange yeah. but again but again the gameplay I liked a lot no yeah the game itself is like yeah. if you could get over the weirdo plot yeah and honestly like I guess like if you don't want to like take it as canon and just want to see like okay I'll look at this like the, this other interpretation of like the Metro storyline then yeah. honestly like it's not that bad you could just like just see it as like okay like it does as i guess um i guess as much backpedaling as it kind of does for like the character that was already established for samus yeah um i guess it does like give like explanation that you could see like okay i could see why like she would be like this like given in oh, that context if you buy into if you buy into the yeah, plot like, like, it makes sense within itself yeah like if yes. you just decide to just go along for the ride like everything like does kind of fit in and everything's like okay like i could see that like okay she lost her parents at a young age she would be traumatized by that yeah. she would with the exception of the whole um uh items need permission thing that was just like oh, um... that's just not metroid I don't know. I mean, I you earn them. You don't. I I, I saw like both ways. Cause, I, I, okay. Because because she because she had them and then um he's just like okay I'm gonna only authorize you to do certain things and he kind of gave like an explanation for the reason why for some. I mean, like he's like oh the the power bomb you know how powerful that is don't use it because like it will destroy any like moving material like living material and we can't have. Did find any other Metroids? <laughs> Well, yeah, but I know, she, I know, she was I know, like I in like isolated like planets. Yes, and yes. this time she was like working with like a group of people. True. Like, it kind of, like, why would you use, like, a nuke? You know one good thing that came out of that game? Really good thing besides the gameplay? Remember me? The guy with the visor. He's the best. Ah, visor guy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I think, um, was there anything else you were going to say about Ram? Because I was going to say, I think 
I think um, if you can bear the plot, if you could just like, you know, kind of what's the term? Not grit your teeth, but like if you can just if you could deal. If you're okay with the plot, yeah, the game just, is if, worth if, playing. If you just go along with it, like um, just, if you roll with the punches, yeah, just just take it for what it is. Don't really. I mean, I don't know. It, it's made by a different developer. It's like a yeah. different thing. Just yeah. If you assume it's Tecmo Koei doing fan fiction, that Sakamoto or whatever his name is, the guy, the producer of Metroid, that he just kind of signed off on, opposed to actually having a hand in, which which he actually did. Uh, if you just take it as a Tecmo Koei fan fiction, that just happened to be. Yeah, a and game. honestly, it's like a lot, a lot of the set, piece, a lot of the set pieces and bosses are really awesome. Like yeah. it's a it, it's a visually really good game. Even, I mean, yeah, it doesn't look as nice like in non HD. Like it, right, but. I don't know, it just looks really cool. Like, I really like... Samus looks super re- slick in this one. No, yeah, like, I, I love, like, the new, like, slicker, like, redesigned suit that just... Mm-hmm. I don't know, it just looks cool. Like, I really hope that this... The only thing that... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I don't know. I feel like I interrupted you a few too many times. <laughs> no, like, uh, this is just, like, a, a little gripe that I have with Smash Brothers and their Samus. Okay. That sure. has to do with this game. Yeah, yeah, I figured and that out. And Metroid Prime or whatever. So, and... Brawn, I guess, Melly, Samus was modeled after um, the Super Metroid suit. Yep. And her Morph Ball bombs reflected that. Like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then... In, oh, I know where this is going. And then in this new Smash 4, like, she's modeled after Other M. But and, not the bombs. Yeah, but the bombs are still, like, Super Metroid. And then, I don't know, I guess because, like, the bombs, like, in general, like... This just, is your Pokemon Color issue all over again. Or Pokemon no, no. Move issue all over again. No, this is... Well, this... This is just, like, wasted potential, because you'll, you'll see what I'm getting at. Okay. All right, so the bombs, I guess, like, they function the way they do in Super Metro, yeah, Super Metro, where, like, they kind of take forever to blow up, and sure. they're kind of, like, useless, especially, like, in Smash Bros. Like, when you're fighting, like, there's rarely a time to use, like, the bomb, like, in actual combat. You rarely use them, and they're just kind of worthless. Mm-hmm. But I just found it weird that, given how Metroid Prime, like, the Morph Bombs in that game, they were, like... Plasma base. They just look like little energy balls that just exploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in Metroid Other End, they're also just like they're like little plasma bombs that just explode and right. they like explode on contact and stuff. And then I don't know. I just thought it weird that like after all this like attention, like they're doing like all oh, Other M stage, Other M Samus. And, like why are the Morpho bombs still super? Two words for you: gooey bombs. The gooey bomb I am looks way too close to those power bombs. The no, power not bombs. even. That's they cool. are little purpley blue. Gooey ball things. It has to, that looks like a cell with a nucleus. This thing. Is, oh, that's true. These are just blue circles. Yeah, they're just blue okay, circles. Okay, never mind. I take it back. I take it back. Yeah, like I don't know. I just like it's kind of like goes back to the whole like the Mario Kart um, Mobius strip that's like being suspended by nothing in Smash yeah, Brothers. In Mario Kart, but in Mario Kart, it's being suspended by like pillars or Pokemon that have moves that they don't have. It, it's that like one you said in the past. I don't know. It's just like they're all like, oh, look how much attention we're paying to detail, but then we completely ignore. It's the details other they thing. want to pay attention to. That's all. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It just seems like, like, oh, Samus could have had a down B that was actually good, but yeah. alas. Well, it, it's the same move. It's just a different color bomb. Don't discredit the whole move. No, because, like, it even... Oh, I guess the, the way it works in the game is different, is yeah. different. You know, that might be why they didn't do it. They might want to have kept what players are used to. Because there's a lot of stuff they kept, and a lot of stuff they changed. That might be one of the things they chose to keep, keep for whatever reason. That sounds like a lame reason. But I'm not saying it's a good reason. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's just like... Oh, we have a brand new game. Let's keep it exactly how the old one was. Hey, that's all, that's all we want from them with F-Zero, as we said like an hour ago. That's true. Yeah. There are exceptions. I'm just yeah. talking about one character's move in particular. One character's move in a game that's vastly sometimes different. Yeah. yeah. But but in terms of other rams, so I think it's one of those things that if you can like bear through the story or are okay with the story or accept it as like not canon, I would say it's worth playing, yeah. Definitely, especially for five bucks. I mean... Yeah. And it'd probably be at five bucks again sometime. Just keep an eye online or... 
in your local favorite retailer of choice. Yep. Because it was five bucks at Best Buy multiple years in a row, so you never know. You never know. But now that we've dipped into the past and went way into the future with the console stuff, I think that does it for this episode of the podcast. So, um, and I know a lot of you out in the world, sorry, not the whole world, the polar vortex is only here in uh, the U.S. I know a lot of you outside of California, where today it was a very nice 70 plus degrees, are freezing because there's a polar vortex and it's like negative five negative 10 wind chill bringing it down to negative 40 i'm not making these numbers up this is happening in the midwest i know it's that cold so you know what we're going to celebrate your frozenness by talking about another thing that normally isn't frozen but is in this case tropical freeze yes we revisit metro revisiting donkey kong so we have a vid bit coming up this week on the site for donkey kong country tropical freeze where uh, jose and elvis not me because i'm not good enough to do this they played through some of the craziest hardest stages in the game and talked about it, and put it on video, and we're putting it up on the site later this week, so keep an eye on Ramtown.com for that. We had one level left to play to have... Completed the yeah, game. Yeah, to, to 100% the game, and we were like, hey, make a vid bit out of it. And they did, and it's... Just watching it's kind of crazy, so check it out. It'll be up later Both this levels. week. Yes, it'll be up Both later. Levels. Yeah, they're insane. And like I said, I couldn't even... I didn't even want to attempt it, so I just let them... Run. I'm like, I'm out. I'm not doing this vid bit, so it's just the two of them. Um... But yeah, it'll be up later this week at RamTendo.com. The easiest way to make sure you don't miss it, of course, is to, well, a couple ways. You can follow us on Twitter at RamTendo, which will also make sure you don't miss our future episodes. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at, at YouTube.com slash RamNintendo.com. Uh, I believe that's what it is. I hope that's what it is. Maybe um, that's not what it is. I'm pretty sure it's what it is. And you can also, this is going to not help you with the video, but help you with future episodes, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Our next episode is actually coming up on January 25th. And it, it's finally going to be our Pokemon Auras episode. So we'll be giving impressions of Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire and let you know what we think of that game. Um, in the interim, though, we have the Vidbit. You can always see what we're saying about gaming or things in general on Twitter. I am J, uh, JSR7. Jose is Wero, W-E-R-R-O underscore O. That's also his Miiverse handle where you can find and follow him. You can find and follow me under Jason R. And I think that pretty much does it. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll be back in two weeks again on January 25th. Talking Pokemon, talking probably a Nintendo Direct, I hope, and MPD numbers for the rest of the holidays, and we're getting close to Nintendo's big financial report and investor meeting that they do in January about the holidays. And that investor meeting in the past, in the past few years, we've gotten some interesting stuff in it, including new 3DSs, new game announcements, new strategy things. So these next couple episodes of podcasts are going to be good. You're not going to want to miss it. So we'll see you then. Yep.